You have officially been cleared for communication with the Is It Safe Podcast. Your contact's code names are Luke. Thank God I don't have my own black light. And thank God I'm not like OCD about that kind of stuff because there is no hotel room that you could you could stay in without being completely freaked out. Matt. Uh, this is something that LaDuff mentions frequently in, in his coverage is that the media in some ways creates the circus because people want to perform for the camera that's there. Bye. Fuck, fuck these month? people. God damn This it, is what man. I'm saying. Sick so, of these fucks. The whole fucking Trump impeachment thing was a waste of our time. It was already done. He was already gone. Let's move on with helping people. I hate these people. And Scott. Pulling your dick out in front of what would become, you know, Detroit Institute of Bagels or something is like yeah. a thing. <laughs> All right, is it safe? Who the hell knows? But we're doing a podcast anyways. I'm Michael Govier, one of the co-hosts of the show, along with my three other hosts, Luke, Matt, and Scott. You are now cleared for communication. So dumb. Uh, thanks for tuning <laughs> okay. into the show. Yep. <laughs> thanks Actually, for tuning into it. the it show. Reminds me, reminds me of Mystery Science Theater a little bit. You know? mm. oh, yeah, that's a good call. It does wow. sound like that. Remember when Comedy Central was new? It was like such mm-hmm. a thing. It was such a mind-blower oh. to me. Like, Here's here's the Comedy Central thing I've been looking for in the streaming era that's not out there. Uh, David tells uh, late no- or what was it? Uh, Insomniac. Insomniac. Yeah, yeah. It's not on any of the streaming. Oh platforms. yeah, I remember seeing him. He was in uh, Alaska, like for one of those episodes, and like everybody was like awake because the sun doesn't go down. So it was like real. He was just like, are you talking about Insomnia the movie? <laughs> Yeah, well, that's exactly it, what happens in Insomnia and Insomniac, the TV show. Weird. Does that happen? <laughs> it happens every year in Alaska, yeah. actually. <laughs> Christopher Nolan's say. is Insomnia the Christopher Nolan's like least referenced movie of all? Yes, or is it the Prestige. One no, of those no, two. Insomnia has got to be the least referenced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also the least valuable, well, despite having two huge stars in it. Yeah, yeah right. Pacino, yeah. Williams, and a just good, good acting Academy Award winning. Uh, what's her face? It looks like a boy. Boys that like girls. Boys don't cry. No, no, no. Hillary, Hillary Swank. Swank. Hillary yeah. Swank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anyways, uh, wait. She looks like she looks like Matt Damon. <laughs> oh man, who? Uh, holy who shit, she does H- look like Matt Damon. Hillary Swank or Jamie Lee Curtis? Wait, well, hold on. Is this a versus? Yeah, put Artistic any context on it. Like, any context. Oh, that's ridiculous. I put no context on it. Swank. I go with Swank then. No, okay. no, 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 no. Come on. Yeah, I'm Swanky. This is, this is, oh, this is JLC all all day long. I don't even care what the comparison is. JLC. <laughs> I didn't know that. You, it, it could be. JCVD. She goes by. You're uh, Janet, Lee's, Janet Lee's daughter. Can't forget Janet Lee and Tony Curtis created this wonderful woman. Actress. I did not know that, actually. That's the, that's the parentage. Tony Curtis. Tony wow. and Janet Lee. He Anyways, in, he was great in the Vikings. Speaking of old time actors and movies and shit, we thought we'd talk about Woody Allen's documentary. Well, it's not really his documentary, but he is involved in a documentary about. <laughs> he, his, he plays like, a he plays he, a minor role. I, I don't think he, he is. I don't. Th- I don't think he had any involvement. I think they he read. A- <laughs> they play like audio from his book. As like What's on the you know yeah, yeah. Is that the only way they could uh, get the rights to do that otherwise he couldn't oh it probably t- it, it probably took him two months to clear those rights and it probably cost him a lot of money just to read from a freaking book that's public well look I, I haven't watched the doc yet but a couple of you have and it's only what one episode in two episodes in how far are we in here it's one episode in I just I can't really even imagine what 
the second episode is going to be like, and it's going to, how many, it's like, I don't want to go there. I, I just don't want to go there. It's like, they walk you up to the room. Don't know, go there. Don't go they, there. They walk you up to the room full of darkness and, and scary stuff. And then they start opening the door and then it stops. And now the second episode will be when they fully open it. And now you're, now you're just in the shit. I don't know if I even want to go there. No way. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. I, yeah, <laughs> it's well, like it's a lot, like in a R. Kelly, like the R. Kelly doc kind of way, where you're just getting pummeled by it, or or what? Pummeled might be Kelly. the wrong word. It's yeah. early. Alan V. Farrow has Slapped a three point six on IMDb right now. It's early. I know. It's yeah. brutal. Usually it's higher in IMDb to begin with, and then it loses track. I, I think there's a lot of IMDb <laughs> right. voters who are Woody Allen loyalists. Yeah, fanboys. Uh, a lot yeah. of fanboys coming out for Woody Allen on this one. Early. Does, it's only IMDb, 1,200 votes, so it's not very big samples. Does IMDb do down votes, or do they only do it's it's like just an upvote, or is it a star? Oh, it's 10. a star rating. That's right. One through 10. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. At least okay. it's one through 10 as opposed to five star. I like that there's that wide of a range of outcomes. I do. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I like get all music's like reviews weekly, and it's like everything has four stars. It's like out of five. I'm like, this doesn't tell me anything about itself. <laughs> yeah, five, it, it five isn't enough. You need 100. You need a 100 point scale. Yeah, I just recently, yeah, Agreed. the five star rating on Apple Podcasts, by the way, which you could rate this show five stars if you so choose. Give us a review, five Ooh. stars would be great. That'd be very kind of you. I don't the know. Have anyone could checked rate it five stars and, and then we would have a five star rating? That's right. Has anyone checked our reviews? I don't even know if we have been reviewed yet, but I, I don't was, even want to know. Uh, this not is right now. Not right now. I just want to give it a couple of weeks, maybe three, four weeks, and then I'll start checking. Dude, we've been doing this for a while. It's not like we just, yeah, started it's not that long. It's still not that long. It's months. It's literally months. Yeah, for someone like you who does eighty-five podcasts a week, you have uh, fifteen hundred podcasting hours under your belt. Easy. Yeah, it's not. Well, look, I was just. Gonna I've got say, about twenty hours. I was just going to say I got totally shit on on the first day podcast, which is a pod about mental health and addiction. Oh yeah. man, somebody really <laughs> hurt me bad. It was uh, very painful. I don't usually check the ratings or reviews, and I happened to just look at them the other night while I was falling asleep in bed at like four in the morning, and <laughs> I stumbled upon this gem from Mrs. Luli, and she Uh-oh. was not very kind. Uh, it was it was not great. It says cheesy one star. The host has all the in-charming annoyingness of a caffeinated morning DJ. Yeah, well, that's, that's me. But I'm not caffeinated. I'm not caffeinated. I had high hopes, but his persona is just too absurd. Also, I was highly annoyed that he wouldn't let the guest talk, but kept interrupting. I'll find better addiction podcasts elsewhere. Boom! So there you go. Well, she's addicted to podcasts. That's yeah, the problem. Say, she's so, uh, <laughs> review highly non-addictive. <laughs> yeah, you're not addictive enough. Non-habit forming this podcast. Yeah. Was, she didn't. She didn't get an oxy while also listening to the podcast. So it's probably. Oh come on now. She's probably okay, recovery right. or something. Yeah, Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So look. Yeah. So if you want to she rate us, that. give us a review. We'd love it. That'd be cool. Uh, but if you want to be mean to us, I mean that's your right too, and we have to accept that. Yeah. But as far as this doc goes, uh, Scott, have you watched this doc at all or no? No, I haven't seen it. Mm. Any interest? Well, yeah. Okay. Yep, I'll I will rake myself over the coals all for all four episodes of it eventually. Let me, let me, let me describe four? how it. Oh my god! I, yeah, I'm gonna, man. I, I'm I'm gonna watch it and too many. not pass total judgment, but it's clearly it's clearly a an effort to try in the in the court of public opinion Woody Allen. 
Um, and it's, there's, so Mia Farrow clearly had a lot of, I mean, they had cameras on these kids. They captured all this interaction. It's really hard. Like they, they make dad stuff looks completely sinister, you know, that he's doing. Yeah. Well, with music, with the use of evil music. Yeah. Slow the, down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, does the Ken Burns thing onto his face. Like, you know, yeah. into that little piece. And, it, and of course, he looks like a creep because he's Woody Allen. I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's just that big, stupid face. And it's just like, they never knew. And then it just zooms in right on his face. <laughs> you could do that to literally any one of our dads and they would make him look like perverts. Mm-hmm. These are two very weird people. Woody Allen. Yes, yeah, both they very, are very weird. Very weird people. You know, she she had like an you know an addiction to adopting or having children. I mean, it was crazy. They I don't know how many kids they had, but it was kind of like uh, it, it was a it was a packed house over there. You know, um, <laughs> they had like seven adopted kids. She had like two uh, kids biologically or or whatever, something like that. I mean, yeah, with, but there was with, a ton. Uh, Previn, what's his name? Um, yeah, uh, I forget his first name. Yeah, forget yeah. his first name, but that, but hmm, I don't know. It's who know, you know, I don't know what happened. Uh, but no one does. I, I don't know. Yeah. But, but everyone does, see, because I don't know is the toughest right, thing for, right, for right. people to say. I, I don't know is something that I don't actually know if people know how to say. I don't know. So, right, you know, but what was there? What was the obsession with collecting? I also don't understand certain people's obsession with just having a tribe of a thousand kids. Do is that like an ego thing? They're just like these kids need they need me. Uh, I don't know, particular like celebrity thing where I mean, Madonna's done this, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt did this. You know, where they go like around the world and collect children. Yeah. <laughs> like fucking baseball cards. Yeah. This is Me, I don't know. It could, shit. it could just it could just it be is. that it could just be that people are the these like celebrities have the money to do it. You know, there's there's probably a lot of people that would do that, but they don't have the money to do that or the status to do it. It's probably much easier to adopt a child when you have millions of dollars and you're famous. So definitely not a, a celebrity specific thing, but the, the access, you know, to that type of that type of status probably, yeah, probably contributed a lot to her doing it. But it's weird. You know, what's so, super weird about <clears throat> these types of documentaries is that somebody like Mia Farrow, I know that there, she has been in the public eye for decades. And I, I just, I tried kind of just doing some research on her background and I just, there's not much about her out there. You know, I mean, Woody Allen has been, and I'm not saying it's unfair at all. Again, like Scott was saying, we don't know. It's actually hard to say we don't know, but you have to, you have to be willing to say that I couldn't care less about you know, Woody's movies versus him as a person. Like to me that, that there's a disconnect there. It doesn't really matter, but I don't know anything about her and they don't, they don't do anything 
you know, they don't, they don't explicate her background. She doesn't offer up any details. She keeps it. It, it just like, it literally starts with her relationship with Woody Allen. And then it's, it's, I mean, yes, of course, you know, a lot of media attention over the years has been one-sided against her. I get that, but this is, I mean, and this is going to be one-sided. You all, I mean, we should know well, that. And maybe they'll be, I just don't know anything about too. it. Maybe, maybe, maybe they'll go back. You know, maybe they'll build up her earlier. That's possible. Yeah, it's just episode. been yeah, it's just been one episode. But it. Oh fuck it! Yes, that's your answer. <laughs> that's your answer to everything. <laughs> uh, but I do know that she was, you know, she was married to Frank Sinatra at one point, and uh, apparently Ronan Farrow is. Uh, Apparently, have uh, you seen? Have Allen. you seen the side by side? Well, Woody <laughs> Allen, he is. I mean, the assumption is that. He assumes, or I don't know. I, I'm not. Again, I don't know. Well, but she said. Like point out your fault. Like, well, she said. She said in the documentary when when I. So in the documentary, she spells it out like it was Woody's child. Like she doesn't. She doesn't say it was Frank Sinatra's child. And also, also when you see a grown up Ronan Farrow <laughs> compared to Frank Sinatra, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's so <laughs> stupid. It's so stupid. There is no way that's Woody Allen's uh, progeny. Also, I learned that his his original name was Satchel. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, that caused me confusion. Satchel Ronan O'Sullivan Farrow. Jesus <laughs> Christ! I, I looked at Chris and I go, Satchel, what the hell's going on here? I don't know who Satchel is. <laughs> Eventually, yeah, popped up. I'm like, okay, that's his name for the great the great pitcher. Good yeah, one. great left-handed pitcher, Satchel. Satchel Page. Only two I know. Yeah. Did Woody? Oh man, Woody named him. Uh, Frank just what? Frank did? Did Frank just disown him? Is there going to be an episode on Frank Sinatra? We're going to yell be. on your face That'd and point cool. out your faults. So, so we'll keep watching this one, right? Well, and, here's uh, my uh, here's my third rail comment for this one. And no, granted, I'm just getting warmed up. <laughs> I know, well, <laughs> <laughs> my my third real comment on this is uh, so Ronan Farrow played a massive role in uh, getting the Me Too movement going. He played a massive role in exposing Harvey Weinstein. He is uh, not- notably one of you know just a couple of journalists that really busted that story wide open and created that massive massive movement. Now it's also. He's also been on a fairly famous quest for justice against uh, Woody Allen his whole life. Um, it's not like he's uh, it's not like a crusade against his father. He knows it's not his dad. This is just a crusade against a guy in his life that it's a total fucking pervert. And big deal. Without accidents happen, right? Does it does? Uh, the, here's the third rail. Here's the third rail. Uh, he's. You know, without this, without this crusade against Woody Allen, which definitely was started by, you know, let's just let's just assume it's started by Woody Allen, his fault. Um, we would have we would have no we'd have no crusading uh, uh, Ronan Farrow who breaks the whole Me Too movement. So saves a lot of people. Saves a lot of people. Because of the fact that yeah, you're uh, your narrative built. Your narrative spinning. Uh, no, I mean, no, there were the two. Uh, I mean, I told you his third rail comment. Who, uh, <laughs> you did say that. That's true. I don't. I don't know their. Um, I don't know their names, but there were two reporters at the New York Times who won Pulitzer Prize for uh, the uh, Harvey Weinstein story. 
Ronan Farrow brought a lot of color to that. He also yeah. he also took down um, Lauer at uh, the Today Show. Yeah, but but think about so, think about it. Would he have? Do you think he would have the same the same focus and the same uh, tenacity if he had not been wronged at some point in his life or his siblings and I've been wrong. This is not a good, this is not an argument. I'm just, this is just, wow. a, this is just a thing. So you're this is me. not an argument. This is not an argument. Uh, yeah. We're going to get out of your face and point yeah. out your faults. Obviously terrible, but, uh, he, he did, uh, he's been fighting a good fight for a very long time. Well, that's, that's that like has everything Michael, to do with the fact that he got fucking wrong. Yeah. Michael Jackson wouldn't been a great singer if his dad didn't, beat him and beat the Wilson. shit out of him exactly yeah <laughs> yeah well no this country wouldn't be what it is without slave labor you know so you have to you i'm not saying to appreciate any of that shit i'm just saying that's the reality of it it's fucked up but you know it is true all i could say is it would be terrible to grow up the child of two celebrities <laughs> I think it would oh, be, that'd be worse miserable. Yeah. Well, especially fucking weirdos like that, like someone like her who's so he's, she's so burdened by the stresses of living in the city. She moves everybody out to a fucking farm. So now you have this like famous you have these famous parents. You have everything you could ever want in life, except for the fact that you you just live out in a farm. And so now, I mean, that's I guess that's fine if you're a child. It doesn't really matter. And, and farms have their own charm and all that. But if I don't know if that's me, I want to live in fucking Manhattan. I want to be taking limos to school and uh, I, I want, I want everything at my fingertips at all times. I want the twinkling lights. I want to go down Broadway at midnight. Nothing like they're just living out in the woods. They got moved to the woods. I think where she still lives. And it's, I don't know to me, that just looks really weird and depressing. Yeah. That's just me though. That's just me. <laughs> Just me. It's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous to me that like uh, uh, this f famous Manhattanite goes and just lives upstate on a in the well, woods. <laughs> what's What's the point? What's the point of even being famous if that's what you're gonna do? I think that's. Shut I, up! Shut up! Shut it's up, like Tom like, Cruise. Shut, Tom Cruise shut, has like a fucking. Tom it's Cruise a pretty, has like a ten thousand acres in Colorado. I feel like if I were a celebrity, I, I don't know. It's all conjecture. It's all horseshit conjecture. But <laughs> if I were a celebrity, I would I would want a compound in Montana that I would spend half of my life. I mean, Chappelle lives in Yellow Springs, Ohio. I know. Yeah, that's because, the weirdest one to Which I also think because, is a huge waste. <laughs> yeah, but well, I don't know. It's like, all the time. It's, like a, it's like a Bernie Sanders enclave in the middle of butthole ohio where no one everyone knows dave chappelle and they just leave him alone and i think yeah. that's what a lot of celebrities see or, or you could live in la and have your dogs stolen from the guy that's right them, you know? that yeah. true. <laughs> or like john lennon famously you know lived in new york and the dakota and everybody knew that and a guy showed up there and fucking killed him you know? Yeah, uh, it's all it's a mental exercise. But if you're, you know, put yourself in that put yourself in that situation, I think I would probably move out. I would have a couple places if I was that rich. But I think I would spend a lot of time in a rural area that was honestly very heavily surveilled to make me feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'd probably, I'd probably get somewhere like 
far out with like accessibility to a small town with like you know just the yeah. modicum of civilization maybe like somewhere in the orbit of marquette or something you know i guess in a way in a, in a way what we're getting at here is uh yes. certain kinds of fame totally fucking suck i think the best kind of fame would be like an awesome screenwriter or something some people recognize you maybe but generally you're anonymous uh, you get to like carry on with your life. I can get that. You know, I, I totally understand that. Like going to a restaurant and having people look at you is weird enough as it is, you know, yeah. <laughs> not being famous is weird enough as it is. <laughs> if you're famous and you just multiply that by 20, that's gotta be, that has got to be just terribly tormenting. I, I, so I totally understand that. I, but, but when, this Mia, Mia Farrow is, she, I don't know. She's weird. She's just, she's a little weird. Uh, I, I know that she's, she's also on a crusade and she's a good person and she's done a lot of good things, but well, she question, just didn't like, she didn't like being part of any of that. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Now that I think about it with all those uh, uh, lib pedophiles that she was escaping. So I get it now. I, uh, I don't want to. She's cute. The Did you not know this? of of uh dylan farrow or ronan farrow or anybody else who was you know potentially you know molested or whatever assaulted yeah. by woody allen i don't really know um i don't have the information but i can say that because of what woody allen did with soon Yi previn yeah which was fucking weird i mean yes. at least by at least by the standards of 20th century late 20th century american values you know it's like you just don't do that and ex you know if this was if this was like if this was like 1889 yeah he'd and, have been born know, in the wrong era though because he wouldn't 50, have been able to make movies <laughs> yeah. so he was like well, oh the yeah. personal life stuff works out fine but can't make it, the movies so he's been a shit shoveler it's super weird but they're still together Sunyi and Woody. I mean, yeah. I, I really just don't know. And I could imagine what that has rubbed Mia Farrell the wrong way. Really, yeah. really yeah. graded Why against her. Fall in love with every woman. That sounds like audio for you. Kind of sounds Woody like Mia was. Kind of sounds like. <laughs> Is that Woody? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah well, it, third third rail conversation, but it's I, I do want to. It's talk still quite interesting. I don't know. I I I hate that I even watched it, but I'm like, all right, there's four yeah. episodes. Let's give it a shot. This okay. is actual audio from the full Feral Clan. Who the hell are you? We came to wreck everything and ruin your life. Hey. Oh, what are you? He's British. <laughs> Zelig. Yeah, you... He's a Zelig. He's a real Zelig. That's a true Zelig right uh, there. Yeah, global. Uh, yeah, we should watch the whole thing though, and and, and talk about what HBO is doing and and how documentaries are. Well, the state of documentaries are interesting. I didn't see this Britney Spears one, but apparently that's getting a lot of you know. Watch it. It was actually pretty good. Really, Did, I've I've heard surprisingly enough, it was pretty good. <clears throat> no, does does she finally have control over her life now? <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, does she? I, does anybody? I don't know. Do I have? I don't even have control over my life. I still get into arguments over like uh, fucking grocery shopping and shit. Well, she didn't I, I can't, have, you know, like jurisdiction over her own. Estate. Yeah, yeah. Her, her, her father, dad. her father still has. Yeah, her father still has conservative shit over her finances. Who? 
Yeah, that's that's bullshit. Fuck all that shit. Is it? I don't know. No, it is. is. Who cares? Yeah. Okay. I'm kind of with Britney Spears. Fucking sick of this shit. I don't give a fuck about her life. (laughs) She's provided no value to society other than to make herself really hot at a very young age to be jailbait. And really one explode more the jailbait culture of the 21st century right at the turn. So of the that century. justifies her not having conservatorship over her own estate. I don't understand. It's her, their uh, business. It's not our business. I don't have anything to do with well, that. Well, then why yeah, don't we talk about? Uh, why don't we talk about anything? Then? Yeah, there was a, there was an interesting. Uh, there 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 was some. That's a good. There point. were definitely some. Uh, well, no, because I, mean, I honestly, this. I don't know why we're talking about the Woody Allen like, thing. Like I think like politics is a horseshit because it happens. Ninety totally percent of the time, you know. Like, Absolutely, that is bullshit. I mean, is Nira Tandon a more important story than Britney Spears? I don't really think so. Like, I don't Nira, think so either, actually. Nira yeah. Tandon, <laughs> Nira Tandon tweeted what? I got uh, Republicans are the worst. Okay, cool. So, so she doesn't. <laughs> oh, what that, the hell are yeah, we talking about? It sounds like Britney Spears got. <laughs> that's what's going well, on. Too many people running her life. Uh, yeah. Well, but you know, she she <laughs> seems to be like. I mean, I hate this sounds really bad, but she's a low intelligence person. She really does not make she the question is, does she can she make decisions about her life that are actually reasonable? And is she putting herself and and or her children in danger? That's that's a fundamental question. And and a court has repeatedly found that answer is she is in of of uh, controlling her own. uh, Well, really life. yeah, so but know. you know, I don't yeah. know. It, this is this is uh, this says a lot about like the way that other people perceive mental health. It, it's really it's it's really fucked up. She <laughs> she shaved her head, so we all. Oh, remember she already that. was proved to be a scumbag parent. That's like proven stuff, so we can verify that already. Yeah, she was like giving the kids drugs and stuff, and like yeah, yeah, just some oh, dumb. Yeah, shit. so they don't they don't talk about that. Well, that's important. I mean, if you want Britney Spears to take if you want Britney Spears to take care of you and be your mother. Uh, man, I gotta tell you. No. Do you want to take a leap of faith? I don't think so. <laughs> Do you want to take a leap of faith? <laughs> I'd rather that. wait and become an old man waiting to die. I love how you set that drop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so working on that for like uh, at least the last 15 minutes. <laughs> no, I just I just worked out. I found the leap of faith drop. So, Anyways, so, what do we, so what do we do with the Britney Spears of the world? Then? I mean, I guess that's the question. Why are we talking about Woody Allen? I don't know. Because he's famous? Fuck. I, yeah. I, yeah. Precisely. What do we care about on this show? What really matters? <laughs> <laughs> None Seriously. of it. That's the answer. Nothing matters. Yeah. We can just listen well, to music for an hour and a half. You know, nothing else matters. Oh, there we go. Wait, By what, the way. What is your, what's, your, what's your actual beef? What, what is going on? Why, why are you all frustrated? I don't have a beef at all. I just actually wanted to read. We have a five-star review. It is from Yanti Eaton. I says, best podcast I've ever heard, November 24th. <laughs> this is November 24th. So that's how long we've been in business. Who, can't who, believe, uh, this is, I'm reading it. It says, can't believe this is free. Mike, Luke, Matt, and Scott are wildly fun to listen to. Love this podcast and can't wait to see where they take it. Oh, man. Nancy. Uh, oh, I, I know. I actually know Nancy. No, it's Nancy. Nancy. Or Yancy. 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 Yeah, I'm lying Yancy. anyway. And we have five star rating, by the way. We have four ratings, five stars, guys. So, so far, so good. Good job. Is is anyone on this? We have have friends that know we've got dirt on them. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I'm about ready to out some certain people. Yeah, yeah. You better give us five star ratings. Otherwise, you're you're never going to be, if you do that, you're never going to be the. uh, 
Office of Financial. What is a uh, near Tandon's post? <laughs> Office of Management budget. Do you guys did do none of you care about near Tandon? Which is fine. Does no one care? No, I don't really I care, care that much about anymore. it. And, uh, I don't even know what you're saying. I care about the social media angle and yeah. how social media is just. But that's mm-hmm. the angle that's probably. Sorry, go ahead. I, Luke, mm-hmm. Luke, set us yeah. up. Luke, set us up. Tell us, yeah. Yeah. Tell us what's happening. We're getting the fuck out of here. Well, actually, I was. I was kind of. I was kind of hoping that that drop lasted longer because I was like, I can't actually. I don't even know what the status is of her nomination I think, right I think, now. I think uh, it's not. Oh, been, she's still. She's, she's still, still. Yeah, it's still happening. Mm-hmm. It's still fucking happening. She hasn't. There's been no decision on her yet. Yeah, so it's just close. a. It's a majority, right? Take, simple what, majority. Yeah, it's a simple. Simple 51. majority. So they, like this is fifty-fifty, and then vice president breaks the tie. Mm-hmm. Uh right. Yeah, and I think Mansion. I don't, yeah, so well, said no. Manchin said no, but his his uh, his beef with her is is uh, purely you know, cultural purely, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, he's he doesn't like the fact that but, she had mean tweets. T- t- set us up. Um, tell us nobody what, cares about mean tweets. Tell us who Near Tandon is. Tell so Near Tandon was the president of the I Center for American Progress, which was which is a think tank that was supposed to be. Think tanks, well, think it's tanks, got it's got progress in the title, which means that most people think it's a progressive uh, think tank, but it's not. It's taken uh, it's millions and yeah, it's uh, it's center center well, what a, whatever um, center right, I would call it, but that I guess that depends on how we can find that. <laughs> I had a feeling Matt and I would disagree on that. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. well, okay, but center, like, it's center. Uh, yeah. It's not it's not progressive, Your opinion, in any. man. Um, and it can't be when when people take you know millions of dollars from like uh, the the biggest corporations in the in the world, and that is not necessarily a problem if somebody has the kind of integrity that means no matter who gives them money, they can still criticize that organization. That's right, absolutely. That's people not give me then millions of dollars, problem. and I, I I will be happy to keep my same views. Just give give me money, and I won't change. <laughs> well. I think you're. I think nail on the head. You know, you you absorb all that. You absorb that money. That money goes into your uh, into your soul, changes who you are, and that's what happened to her. Well, she's always been a. She she was a Hillary Clinton uh, loyalist. Loyalist, or you know, a a protege maybe or something. I don't know. I don't know the full details of it. But she's got a long history with the Clintons, with Bill, or with Hillary Clinton, and. Right, and then there's a history of antagonism between her and members of sort of the uh, the Sanders kind of coalition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the super the super online left really does not like <laughs> the not online like left. Well, you know, <laughs> so, there, there's yeah, there, it's there's, true. It's true. They've had public public flame. I used to call them flame wars. But uh, well, I don't know what you call him now. Sounds about right. I think most notably what Matt Brunig, um, who was with another think tank, which mm-hmm. was left of, of Center for American Progress, Demos, and they got into a big fight on Twitter. Or uh, you know, there was a there were Barstone, and I think and Brunig lost a position with Demos because of it, because of his behavior yeah. was um uh you know, the, whoever runs Demos, I don't know. Demos is the, uh, they're not as influential. There's not, not as well funded as, uh, 
Center for American Progress, but they're right. they're they're right. they're voice. And then yeah, there was uh, he was also brain. part of the National Labor Relations Board, and he got let go of that job too. So like it, it had like this fucked up, you know, cascade effect. She, you know, she uh, retaliated, and he lost uh, both his jobs: his like think tank job at Demos, and then the job at <gasps> LRP. Well, it's interesting because, you know, that's basically what's happening to her now, right? You know, the same thing where both both it's, expressed. It's so weird. Um, I feel like uh, this is somebody she's going to land on her feet just fine. Uh, just like Matt know. Bruning. Of course they will. <laughs> oh, yeah, but, Matt, like Bruning, Matt, Bruning. but Matt Bruning is not he, – he's never – Played the victim. He's just, uh, he's like, well, yeah, this well, is no, what happened. A, but if you've were, ever listened to him, he doesn't. Uh, there, there, this there was a, a lot of attention. There was a big uh, one of those crowdfunding campaigns where he he actually launched a, pr- a crowdfunding campaign to supplement his income. I don't blame him for doing that, but I mean, there, there was. Um, sure, at the time, I could imagine he'd be pretty fucking pissed off. I, I, I understand that. If the same thing had happened to Nero, I would understand the same uh, impulse to do the same thing. But here's the thing. She, this is an interesting one because she was the one offered on the olive branch. Like she was the olive, you know, she was the one olive on the end of the olive branch. To who? Um, to progressive. So when Biden nominated her, it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be, a, you know, an olive branch to the progressive left. But a lot, this is one reason why there's like this division, I think, is growing uh, fairly intensely and fairly deeply. Everybody uh, that's, you know, kind of neoliberal or, or capitalist uh, center is really angry at people on the left for, I mean, bitching about what they think is nothing uh, or splitting hairs. But really, you know, Nira has been somebody who's been anti-progressive for a very long time, despite the oh. fact that she has lived experience where she was on food stamps. So she had that lived experience and tried to cut food stamps Social Security, yeah, all that. Not, like not, she not. does do that, and, and I, I think uh, the the the, the uh, big complaint against her is about welfare reform done under the Clintons or under under the uh, it was co sure. co presidency. So I'm saying the Clintons uh, yeah. under Bill Clinton and uh, uh, 1994. I don't know. Uh, you know, ending welfare as we know it. Right? Wasn't that the uh, that was what Clinton did, and he's he basically By took the third welfare away from a lot of people. Yeah. Well, he took, he took the, the Republican <laughs> controlled Congress. <sighs> what are we even three... talking about? What is happening? Exactly. <sighs> yeah, I am Congress... so lost, and I couldn't give a fuck about anything that's being discussed right now. Well, isn't that <laughs> funny? That's that's what all these things up. are about. So, uh, the Office of Management and Budget—it's boring. Will would Nira Tandon do a yeah. good job at that? Probably. Do I really care? She's the head of the Office of Management and Budget. No. Uh, and there probably is somebody else who will do equally good of job in that role and back up. And, job, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just care more about. I'm just trying to be contrarian. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> I just care more about the grounds on which she is approved or disapproved. If she's, if she's, you know, if, she, if it doesn't go through, if the nomination doesn't go through because of some mean things she said about Ted Cruz on social media, then I don't fucking care. You know, like that <laughs> shit. I don't do it. I don't know. I, I'm so tapped out. I've got like 
political brain rot right now as it applies <laughs> as, sure. as it applies to politics through the lens of social media because yeah. I don't know not to get on my soapbox I just I don't understand social media I hate it it's the reason I got off it I'm still unemployed and even if I had a job that sort of required me to have social media I would <laughs> exactly I would uh I'd reject it I don't know I I hate it man it's like social media is like a pitfall of, of like true it's like we want to give everyone a voice, but this is what happens when everyone gets a voice is that someone with 80 million followers just has more weight. So it's not about the content of the argument. It's just more about, you know, someone with 50,000 followers is just their opinion is just more important than someone with. 30,000 followers or someone with 35 followers. And I, I can't, I don't know. I hate living in a world. That's like math, that. dude. That's how math works. I know. Well, that's how, <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's how, that's how the spread of ideas, that's how the spread of ideas works. And yeah. Why are we, we keep talking about CPAC, like, guys? Come on, Scott, you really want to have some fun. We're not talking <laughs> CPAC. Yeah, fuck. We should, man, we should be, we don't even need to, you just, Play CPAC shit. And Scott, did you, uh, do you ever want, do you worry that, like, because your points are valid, concerns are valid, but do you worry that by not being a part of social media that you will be- fall behind some way in society? Or does that not even yeah. matter to you? Both. Like, beyond the negative yep. parts of it, but it could actually yeah. have, like, it just becomes a part of how we do business. And if you're doing business or whatever the fuck that means. I feel like I am woefully behind the pack in news, like up to the minute news. Uh, I, but I don't know. I, I start to, to reference either our last or two pods ago. I'm starting to pay for more news, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. If I can pay for the Detroit Free Press for a buck for six months, then that's fine to stay tapped into local news but there's a pitfall on that too in that okay so you know i'm not paying for breitbart i'm not paying for uh, one one american network i'm not paying for any of that shit so am well, you're I, missing out on the whole other side of yeah am i just throwing my That's money all free on social media <laughs> jesus christ like oh so okay all right mr lib media i got gotcha. you <laughs> You don't under you don't even understand the whole argument. Uh, no, I, I do. do. To answer your question, I'm like, uh, no, to answer I your question, Mike, I, I do feel that I'm behind if I don't have social media because, you know, if you find out that Kobe died, like my girlfriend found out Kobe died in a, a helicopter accident seven minutes before me and for whatever reason tiger woods car accident this week there you go i'm just like oh wow like that happened three hours ago i I, i'm woefully underinformed i guess (laughs) i know it's not true and i actually don't care but um yeah there's something there's something about it it honestly on one side of the spectrum i feel you know anxious about not knowing and on the other side of the spectrum that's the side of me that just wants to move to idaho and live in a houseboat on the salmon river and just say Mm. you know fuck y'all it doesn't i don't know 
what are we doing? Like, what are we actually doing? Like the most important politics to me are local politics. Yes. And, thank you. I was just going to say this whole point you were talking, <laughs> I was thinking about that. Like the most important politics to me are the politics of my apartment building and my district and yes. my city and my state. And it, yeah. it goes out from there, but 93% of what I consume is just, it's larger than what actually affects me and what actually affects my neighbors. And there, there's a, I don't know, there's a problem there. Yeah. Exactly. I know Matt's yeah, we, a big local guy too, so yeah, I mean, I, our, we didn't want to make this necessarily like a local politics show either though, but we didn't want to make it, I don't know, it's it's confusing. It I'm more excited about, yeah, I'm more excited about ML Emmerich than I am about Neera Tandon, Joe Biden, <laughs> and you sure, know yeah. Joe Manchin and Joe Sure Dingleberry. Joe you, you're <laughs> Joe the plumber guy. Yeah, Joe, Joe millionaire. Guy. Yeah, Joe millionaire. <laughs> it, it, you know, it, okay. Listen, it is it is Joe possible. Yeah, Joe show? millionaire. Remember it's like one of the first reality <laughs> shows. Never forget. <laughs> I have a problem with, I just don't give a fuck about federal politics. I'm all local and state and seeing what's going on here. Because Michigan is one of the worst states in the union in terms of corruption. I truly believe this. I truly believe this is one of the most corrupt states of all time. But I've always tried to deny it because I didn't have a lot of other relative references to go on. But I've lived in other states and I've been around. And the older I get, I truly believe this is one of the people have been living off this state's tax base for a hundred years. And it's so yeah. ingrained in our state. It's just it's like it's just like taking a dump or breathing air now. Before, I, I think, before we go on, my my name is uh, my name is uh, Rex Ferrand, and that's that's who I am. So thank go you, ahead Rex. And talk yeah, about that's your real, that's your real identity. That's yeah. <laughs> that's my uh, friend. He'll, if he ever hears this, I'll be super pissed. Uh, we've had I Mike. I can agree more about local corruption and. Uh, we've had failed administrations and, and this is a bipartisan endeavor. Yes. You know, at the, at the local and state level, really, I mean, going back, I don't know, a hundred years. It's interesting. I, the, uh, probably the greatest, you guys, Hazen Pingree, the famed mayor of, he was actually mayor of Detroit and governor of Michigan at the same Mm -hmm. time for until the Supreme court ruled that unconstitutional. But the progressive era, that was kind of the last great time to me of, you know, real, real government for the people in Michigan. I don't know. I'm sure maybe I'm mistaken on that, but I think the last certainly the last 50 years, uh, it's not been good. And uh, we're seeing it right now with the Snyder defense in Flint. And there's so much secrecy allowed under Michigan state law. Um, that it, it's funny. It's actually hurting Snyder's defense right now because <laughs> there's uh, protected information that may or may not benefit his case. That isn't, isn't out in the public so, record. So it can't, it can't come out because, because of the laws of Michigan. Yeah. I'm, t- I'm, I'm talking on my ass a little on that, but I, I, I saw something about that, but Holy shit. I, I am intrigued by uh, Elric uh, for city council for that reason, because an investigative reporter, uh, who's, you know, exposed corruption, uh, at local level in local government is kind of interesting. I mean, I, I have to feel like you're, you'd be a fool to enter the arena if you had anything to hide when you're somebody who's gone after entrenched power, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. Right off the bat. That's a signal that he's pretty squeaky clean. <laughs> yeah. This is a friend of mine. He's gotta be, man. <laughs> 
Unless and, unless he's got the biggest balls on the planet, and he's like, I've done a ton of dirt. I've exposed a ton of dirt. Bring it on, motherfucker. If he's that, too, all right, you get my vote. Get my vote either way. Squeaky clean, you haven't, uh, you've, you've done nothing wrong, or you've done so many things wrong, and you still don't care. Yeah, no. kind of don't know. I guess maybe that's Kwame. Uh, so I'm not really into that. <laughs> well, when, can we, to... when can we get him on next year? <laughs> we yeah, I'm hoping to get Eric on. I'd probably have to go. Yeah, I, I, I've been telling him I was going to knock doors to get signatures for him to get on the ballot, but I haven't nice. come through on that yeah. bargain. Don't tell him about this <laughs> podcast. What's, yeah, right? his drink of, what's his drink of choice at Kaju Cafe? That's really going to uh, be what well, you puts know, it over the edge. His, po- his podcast is sponsored by... Uh, Sponsored uh, by uh, the beer vote. company, uh, uh, Altus Beer. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, he's got an Altus sponsorship, so I think nice. he drinks that. Uh, yeah, El- Elric, Elric. No, will he have a drink doesn't. Right he doesn't drink that shit. I've never even heard of that. There is no. It's pretty good, way, actually. There's no way any. I would never drink some fucking beer <laughs> that's just all the time because some asshole paid me like a thousand dollars a month. Hey, uh, no, I'll drink anything anybody pays me to drink. If, uh, yeah, hey. no, I mean, okay, all right, let's let's, yeah, let's, let's, let's be real. Uh, let's be real, of course, but come on, this is like a guy that doesn't need to do that. Elric's got to play the know. game. I mean, is he going to play the game good. too? Is, There's is a certain a extent beer? of playing the game, and that's important. So, if he doesn't play the game, I don't know if he will win. And if he does win, if he doesn't play the game, he could be just well, a powerless dude on the council. Here's the reality. Here's the reality of of counseled by district politics in Detroit on a non-presidential election year. So he's got to win. He's got to be top two in an August primary. Probably can win that on name recognition because fuck, how many people, you know, Detroit's a city of on a real good day, 600,000. I don't know how many people live here anymore, but it's, I think it's, it's under 700,000. It's under 700 for sure. Oh, it was definitely under 800,000 during the last census. It was, it was, uh, which is 10 years over 10 years ago. Something like like 716,000, I think in the last, in the 2010 census. And it, fire up the base, man. Yeah. That sounds right. So Detroit's right around 700,000. Yeah. Detroit went to ward-based or district-based uh, council in 20... It's funny, I was just going through some old shit, and I found a flyer for the initiative to make Detroit... Detroit used to elect city council members at large com- uh, entirely, and now there's... Uh, is it eight or nine? Nine-person city council, two of whom are elected at large, and the rest are district-based. Oh, uh, so there's seven districts, fun. and so Elric's running in district... Uh, which one are we? Four? I think you're four. Yeah, you are number four. Um, so he's got to basically just and then it's so, okay that d- divide Detroit's population by it's a hundred thousand people who live in this district, of whom what two thirds are voting age, maybe fewer, maybe he needs maybe, to get out and start having coffee with people, you know, sitting down at coffee shops or wherever, and it's yeah. not booze. It's got to be coffee though. But how many of those actually are going to vote in an August primary? Not that many. Yeah, yeah. he's he's got the inherited ballot. <laughs> you fucking set that shit up too. God <laughs> damn it! He, he was on Fox Two News, you know. Yeah, he but, was on Fox Two News. People know his name. They know more from right. his TV career than they do he his busted Kwame. He, he did the Kwame piece. That's all him, right? So, so, so some people may not like him for that. Yeah, they uh, might not like. Yes, that is true. That could be a problem, believe it or not. But I just think it's so cool to see him taking it and trying to maybe 
make things legit. And I know we bring up Leduff on the show too much, but like you just can't talk about what's going on locally if you don't bring up what Leduff's doing as well. Those two guys oh, combined yeah. are two, two of the biggest muckrakers around, and they're you know they're suing. I listened to a show yesterday. They're suing the fucking governor with the Mackinac, the Mackinac Policy Center of all places, which is interesting. Oh no, and, that's a real. That's like a big. Uh, that's a big conference. Yeah, it's it's a, not, not, the, not the conference, yeah. not the, the conference, the think tank that it does the conference as well. No, right? no, oh, no. actually, well, the the Detroit Art, Regional right, Chamber does the conference um, annually, oh. uh, but the Mackinac Policy Center is uh, it's a right leaning think tank. Yeah. Actually, the person who um, coined the term Overton Window, uh, sure. it was a fellow at the uh, Mackinac Policy Center, but they wow. they're a right they're a right leaning think tank. Who's involved? But yes, I think I'm excited. Well, I shouldn't say I'm excited. I'm I'm glad or whatever. I think it's worth investigating what the cover up of COVID deaths in nursing homes has been in yeah. Michigan. If there's yeah, for those who don't know, that's what it's that's what they're trying yeah. to Freedom of in- Information Act released to find out what's going on, what happened with the COVID deaths, and when and, the uh, governor did the what the executive order for yeah. forty six days or so and and, and Cuomo Cuomo's was under policy the by the way Cuomo who's in shit up to his ears right now so exactly and and the misguided uh, fanfare around him remember when everybody was talking about how Cuomo should be uh, uh, should swoop in and take over the Democratic nomination because he yeah. was uh, projecting strength. after after he scooped that Emmy yeah right right <laughs> did he get an Emmy yeah. Wait, the governor not? Cuomo, not his brother? Yeah, for or at least he was nominated. Let me check. But oh my God. yeah, he was absolutely nominated for an Emmy for his coronavirus briefings. It's so stupid. And I don't. I still don't think Cynthia Nixon would have been a better governor. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Cynthia Nixon, that's right. Hmm. Forgot about that. Uh, well, yeah. So local she, local journalists, yeah. big big, they matter, and uh, nonpartisan uh, local journalists matter. You know. Um, even more than partisan local journalists, I would imagine. Well, and and I think we're, you know, I, I fear that local journalism is going in the same direction. You know, there's there are outlets that um, have a very distinct perspective on local politics. I mean, I read it, but Bridge Detroit, I don't know if you followed that publication. I actually, and, and so Stephen Henderson is. That, the, sound, um, that sounds like oh, Stephen Henderson. Stephen. Oh, He's my great. God. Stephen very Henderson. Under- Wow! I heard his name in a minute. Well, good. Yeah, he I, got, after he got canceled, I stopped listening. Uh, I'm a real feminist. Come on. I he uh, I don't think I feel like uh, I don't know. I feel like he got a raw deal. I don't know. Again, I don't know. I don't oh, know the details oh, of that. Oh, oh, I think he gave oh, someone else a raw deal. That's the problem. I, maybe he did. I don't know. But I do like his. Uh, I do like his radio <laughs> program. Uh, you know, they, he always has. Um, it's one of the few places you can go on a daily basis and hear from people who are in elected office or in policy decision making capacities at a local level that really does affect your life on a daily basis. You can listen to to him on WBT. Oh, kill Bill there. Well, I think um, we need a, a controversial take sounder. Sometime. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh shit! But, but Henderson's involved in this. Uh, uh, this Bridge Detroit magazine, which is an online, it's it's for, a nonprofit runs it, the Center for Michigan. Yeah, you mentioned a few times. I've I've been following that. I didn't know he was involved, so clearly I haven't been following that well. Well, well there's Bridge Michigan, which is uh, the Center for Michigan is probably. I, I don't know if it has a political bent, but it it it's similar to the Center for 
or the Mackinac Center and that it's like a think tank, but they produce Bridge Magazine, which writes about public policy at the state level. Hmm. They, they launched a Detroit publication called Bridge Detroit, and their whole thing is we're of the community. We're, you know, black journalists, largely. They have a, a black and Latino um, crew of reporters. I think there's only five people involved in the actual uh, journalistic uh, operations over there. But they're <laughs> so identity-based that I, I do kind of worry that they're actually not they're really not doing news in a sense because I feel like they're they're doing news from a identity based perspective. Yeah, there's oh, that there's importance there. I, well, it's it, a fucking it, time. It's well, a piece, on, wait, wait, it's wait. a piece of the news, right? But it's not okay. Everything. I, I, I read it can't be the focus Detroit. that it comes out of the lens it comes out of is what you're saying. Yeah, to me, I I, I do want to just I, I mean I, maybe this is a myth that there can be objectivity and and true reporting of facts uh -huh. or things that matter to that are universal to people beyond Luke's falling asleep. Luke's he's had enough. Listening. That's me listening. There are things that matter beyond identity that, that just should matter to I mean uh, now I'm like verging into all lives matter territory here. But they, they matter to all Detroiters regardless of your race. One thing, you know? But in the past verging into all lives matter territory. Fantastic. That's a good perforation conversation. But Matt, I am still listening. This time I gotta drop pieces. Wait, wait, listen about where Michigan's headed. Apparently, we're not the only ones. this what is this oh shit they fucked me it was supposed to oh, be yes michigan ad god damn it uh, it said see this bogus youtube labeling i'm just gonna cut that whole part out you fuckers it says yeah. yes michigan commercial and then he was just blabbing on about some bullshit yeah remember remember that next time everybody freaks out about uh google tracking everything that they do have you ever had a decent like up next recommendation <laughs> Here we go. This one's good. Yeah, that's a good one. This guy's. This is from 1987, by the way. Is this a say yes to Michigan? This is Alan Allman. Shut up. How would you know that? 150 years of Michigan. Beautiful. What a beautiful song. There so that was 80, 87 when we were a state, 30, 1837. 30, 37, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so 80, it was 150 years. That sounded, that. that was every bit of 1987 that I remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got that dumb little red. Oh, that uh, classic. Yeah. So, so here, let me read this little. Yeah, Nobody can see that. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, we can see it. Who cares? No one else can see it. doesn't matter. This, no this one's listening. To, oh, this, we're recording right now, but they well, will. Fuck you're right. you, man. Well, yeah. Well, because well, we're recording right now. Because we're recording, no one can hear us right now. Get it? That's true. Isn't that weird? That's true. Ah, it's a technicality, fine. Luke. I got you. Fine, but yes, fine, people fine. could be listening right now, but they're not. So here's here's what Bridge Detroit <laughs> wrote in an email recently to me that I find. <laughs> so stupid. Sorry, Matt. Go ahead, man. I'm yeah, sorry. sorry. No, no, no. Right. Please, please, please. At, at Bridge Detroit, we're different. We're different from the many news outlets that tell stories for people outside Detroit about our city. We're Detroiters. Our team looks like the people who live in this city. Because we do, except for me, uh, there's no one who looks like me. But that's okay. Me? I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know. 
we're Detroiters. Our team looks like the people who live in this city because we do live in this city. We tell stories for and with our community, Holy not fucking about. Oh my god, this is so. This is I can't even listen to the freaking description about who they are, and I already know who they are. It's ridiculous. Well, we do oh, this no. by re- regularly listening and asking god, questions by Detroit it. residents with a goal of understanding which issues are most important to them right now. But I mean, to me, the the the. <laughs> purpose of a news journalistic journalistic news organization is not necessarily talking to the audience about what matters to them in some ways it's exposing things that should that that they reveal to the audience that they should care about you know like it may not be a pre-stated thing where it's like i want you to expose corruption in the city but because i don't know if it exists or not but if you reveal it to me, then I will start caring about it. So it's not always like, for me, it's like, don't follow the audience. You need to kind of bring the audience to you. Thank you. Yeah. Dude, this is my problem with the, the media in general. Uh, the, you know, the, the entirety of the, like, the media press is all about buying the audience, you know, like uh, giving into whatever you think the audience is going to do. And it creates a feedback loop. The same thing happens in advertising. You're constantly looking for the people that like, respond to the kind of advertising you put out there but what you're doing is you're constantly narrowing that window little by little by little to the point where now all of a sudden you're like you're targeting the smallest number of people well so and, I, and- I feel like that's that also that is happening too when it comes to just people doing work like this like steven henderson i'm sure wants to you know i'm sure his intentions are not the same as uh general motors or chrysler or something like that i mean i get that well there there is something to be said too for a city specific perspective i don't want to downplay that because sure but is he doing it via identity politics well you started talking about that so let let me build up let me build up their perspective a little bit which is go for it this is a 78 80 i don't know what the what the 2020 cents say but close to 80 percent black city with the next sizable minority population, Latino, yeah, now, uh, being you know, uh, Latinos, the next uh, group uh, in terms of like size of so you know, but I don't know. I, I there are issues. There are other stakeholders. Pardon that fucking term. But there are other people who have vested interest in the city of Detroit who don't live here. I say this as someone someone who does live here, but like there are people who work here, people who uh, you know own property here, own businesses here, who don't necessarily live here. So I, there's a, there's a broader, you know, I, I just I find that there's an oversimplification of identity with place in this city that I mm-hmm. I don't think is good. Meanwhile, you know. I don't know if you guys have followed this news around what's going on in Gross Point Park lately. Did you hear about that? The, um... uh, I wanted to have you actually talk about that on the pod. So if you can clarify. Sorry, like talking way I too know, much yeah. this pod. But, uh... I, no, no. Uh, we need you to talk. I feel like I'm having a fucking schizophrenic like personality split. What is going on? Turn that off. <laughs> it's called production, motherfucker. I know. I know. <laughs> you need to, but you're ADD, so fuck, man. It's not cool. I feel uh, bad for you. So, Luke, Luke, you're an Oak I'm Park sorry. guy, right? Oak Park's an interesting yeah. place too. It's diverse, right? I mean, it's 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 more diverse. I literally than have the I literally have the census data pulled up right now. 
Oh, cool. Let's dive into sense. People love oh, that type guess? of shit. Can I guess? Uh, <laughs> what do you want to? I'm going to guess. I'm gonna guess a, lot of, a lot of census data out there. I'm going to guess it's. I don't know if it's majority black, but I bet it's plurality black. Is that? All right. Let me look up your racist question here real quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a racist question. How, or, asked that how question. orthodox is it? Uh, the you guys question, ever listen to the, the uh, podcast called Count on Your race. Census? Oh. Check it out. No, is it any good? I don't know. I just found it. Asian Americans advancing justice created count on your census to promote a robust response to our nation's decennial census. Hmm. Uh, I am interested uh, 50, in the Asian American. 56%. Black. Yep, 50%. Oh, interesting. 56.1% uh, uh, black and African American and uh, nation oh. Oak Park and national average is 13.4%. But I think Detroit is like 90 it is. It's I, at least 90. Uh, no, no, no. It's, 89. It's, it's, no. Well, it was well above 80. From actually. 2010. Uh, uh, yeah, two censuses ago. Sensei? Are they sensei? <laughs> two sensei ago, it was like over 80%. So I would be surprised if it's not. Really? It was, it was trending towards 75 like in 2000. All right. Here's, here's it was over eighty percent two cents. I got American Community Survey, <laughs> uh, which has a five year average. By the way, I got I got a request to fill out the American Community Survey, and I did it. So we'll see what that does to my. It's because you're real American, here. Yeah, and, you're, but, and you won't let uh, you won't let the the whites uh, lose any numbers whatsoever. You want to make sure you log those. So white. <laughs> All right. Nobody laughs. It makes it weird. Detroit is 14.7% white, according to the American Community Survey, 78.3% black or African-American alone, white alone and African-American, black or African-American alone. It's only 1.7% Asian. Um, and Oh, that's weird because uh, Clint Eastwood had a real problem with Asian gangsters. <laughs> what about, that's, uh, that's true. What about... Arab Americans or however they define Oh, them. well, the census does not actually... Uh, it does not actually ask yeah, about Arab American. That, yeah. that, that would probably fall into like, the white category. And same with Latinos, so unless yeah. unless because the, uh, there's the race categories are Asian, Native, Black, yeah, and white. It's kind of it's kind of fucked up and super weird. Yeah. yeah so why who even gives a fuck about this shit? It's all trash well, and outdated. Uh, well, it okay. Does, Hold on, wait. The reason the reason this came up was Stephen Henderson talking about identity politics too much. That's true. Well, it's not. No, at least that would be. That's my assumption is that he's talking about identity politics too much. I mean, I think I think a lot of people are talking about identity. Matt, can I bring up real quick why I think why I think the identity politics conversation is is uh, problematic? And then, please, uh, we might agree on this. Yeah, well, it's possible. they're weird fissures in our disagreements. With, <laughs> my uh, yeah, well, identity politics. So the way the way I George Brett is good. God in heaven, George Brett shit his pants. That's a great. See, that's a great story right there. I'd love to what? talk about that. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, don't All even right, get out. You're trail. allowed to do a drop if you uh, if if you throw in uh, Jane, you ignorant slut. That's the only one you're allowed to do. It seems like it doesn't work that well because then it'd be making fun of women in a negative way. That's the problem. Ooh. I don't Take know out if it holds Jane up part. anymore. Take out the Jane part. Just go, you ignorant slut. That's great. 
Okay. Senator well, Kennedy then, used that used that against Neera Tandon. It's going to require yeah. some editing. I need to. I will make that happen. Then I heard in she the, didn't in call the, Bernie in Sanders holy, in the holy capital house. <laughs> I'm going to have. I think. To, by the way, I think, <laughs> they called Bernie everything except an ignorance. <laughs> but that was but Bernie's God. God that was the funny thing is, is Bernie's going to vote to confirm her. But anyway. Probably, yeah. 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 Um, Bernie. So, Why, Bernie? Okay, so the let me just, I'll throw out the identity politics thing just as a, I don't know, in case anybody else agrees, whatever. Uh, hopefully it helps the conversation. But my my opinion about identity politics, uh, but- it makes, <laughs> God damn it, it makes politics uh, easy to understand. It, I think it is the palatable way uh, for people to process uh, politics in general. I mean, if you talk to you talk to, you know, most people in general don't don't really give a fuck. Just, I mean, we're we're having trouble keeping Mike's attention, and uh, you know, we're talking about just regular politics. He can't do it. He can barely handle himself. It's too much. I, I'm going to bring this up. Go ahead, make your point. But I just saw something that blew my mind. I want to share. So. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I'm not going to prevent people from hearing that for too long. I'll keep it super quick now. But I think that is an easy way for people to process politics. It's very easy to process through a, uh, an identity lens, that parallax view. You don't really, you're never really talking about politics. All you are is talking about the things like, um, you know, perception and, and all that and uh, representation. And of course the critique of that is usually uh, tokenism, which is, mm-hmm. is something that, you know, obviously people like Martin Luther King Jr. fought over, like that kind of tokenism is going to be the, that's, that is uh, people like near Tandon are going to fail. She's lucky that she might fail early and not have some shit hung over her neck later on probably is going to benefit her. Uh, but anybody else who is getting the, getting the green light to head, whatever, whatever department they're, they're in. Uh, but they're, they're also, uh, I don't know, warmongering austerity hawk or whatever. Like they are going to, uh, they're going to, they're going to reap it. If you remember the uh, boondock saints, you will reap it. But yeah, they, I mean, you know, identity politics is is uh, it's a losing battle. I think it's a way to make politics easy to understand and digest for most people. I don't think it actually is or much of an argument. I think it's important to have the discussion. I think it's important to understand that as part of the broader context. I just don't think that uh, that is politics, uh, you know, in general. So. Sorry, I, yeah. Who gives a fuck? I love it. I'm a fan. I don't give of a what fuck if if, Tyr, if uh, Tira Danden is <laughs> awesome. Then I don't give a fuck. Great. Well, but I don't think you actually have an opinion about her performance or potential performance, right? I mean, they can't. I mean, she hasn't done anything other than. Uh, oh, the, the the vote. I guess my point is the vote is not about how she'll serve as a, the office of whatever management and budget. Precisely I, because the only conversation is the identity conversation. You can't know anything based on that. Well, I think the conversation That's is the only said, conversation they're having. They're not. There is no conversation. In, no, no. And that's, but that is the identity problem. They are tying they're tying her identity to these like mean tweets 
It's not a conversation. I mean, dude, it's, about, it's not a conversation yeah. at all. There is no political conversation. Who the yeah, fuck she is? I mean, she's just a she's just a shitty asshole person online. I don't know anything about her politics other so, than uh, but what she's I indicated guess, online. She's actually been honest about her fucking political point of view, and it's been pretty shitty. Well, but, but Scott's point the identity is that stuff sucks. Scott's point is that that's not what's being talked about at all. It's it's all just about her online uh, persona. Anyway, Mike, what's your what's your breaking? Nobody, here? nobody else, nobody else is oh, going to uh, uh, talk about anything else other than that. A friend of mine just sent me a text. He's watching this show on TLC where this my 600 pound life. It kind of looks like I don't know. Change is now a thousand Maybe. pound life. Yeah, no, that's 600 it? pounds is, is that not true? enough. That's not enough anymore. We're at a thousand. Yeah, no, we got to get bigger. My, my half ton life. That makes it's me think of the three. what's eating Gilbert Grape Mom. Remember that? That was like such oh, a big fuck. deal that she got cast yep. in that. And, and she died very she died. shortly after. They yeah. burned the house yeah. with her in it. That's the end of yeah. the movie. They burned the house. And I think they yeah, probably she really did died. that to the real she actress. Really smelled no, really good. I think they did that to the real actress. I think that's how she died. <laughs> smelled really she good. Really they went makers were like, fuck this. Well, anyways, like, he sent me a picture of this guy. Cannibal barbecue. This guy who likes to act out like he's a baby. And he... So he lives in a crib, like a man-sized crib. This guy's huge. He's like a, probably like 300 pounds. Oh, fuck him. He Shoot sucks. Him <laughs> he drinks out of a nipple on a baby bottle. He wears like a... He's got one of those dolly things that spins around. So A mobile. The mobile? Yeah. Oh, a mobile. Yeah. Mobile. Yeah, mobile. Thank you. Uh, the show's called My Strange Addiction on TLC. My so. oh, oh, yeah. addiction. I know that shit. Is Alder. that where people eat like Alder's the mobile uh, couch foam and uh, set themselves up like toenail soup and shit like that? Sounds like a strange Whoa, addiction. God. <laughs> oh God! Oh, yeah, I mean, barf, barf worthy stuff. Shit my pants. Yeah, they that shit is... their pants and then they put, <laughs> you know, put it on top of some oatmeal and stuff. Yeah, that's probably that show. That's fucked up. Yeah, oh, man. I mean, yeah. Uh, speaking of identity politics, we should we should talk just exclusively about Ninety Day Fiance next episode. <laughs> so I've never I've never seen never it. seen it. So don't do it. Dude. It's, heard ter- it's 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 crack. It's Matt, like I assume it's like dirty uh, crack cocaine in your veins. Oh, there's shit. Hi. It's terrible uh, stuff. Yeah, it's uh, definitely, yeah. Matt, I assume you know about the show only th- like me through Drew and through Mike. Drew and Mike. Yes, that's the only that's reason right. I know. Oh, I basically geez, feel like I've what's... seen the show because they talk. He talks about it all the time, and Dude, it's, it's hilarious. It's it is dirty, hilarious. It's, it's dirty, dirty heroin viewing. It's. it's I'm actually awful. intrigued by it. the idea. Dude, talk I'm about a talk about a hate watch. I didn't understand what hate watching something was until that shit. Have you seen The Bachelor? They just, they no, just. I'm not. I've never seen. No, the actually, yeah, I'm not I, kidding. I, I ignored that shit. But I've never seen The Bachelor once. I know it exists, but I've never seen an episode. But I am interested in 90 Day Fiance because I find it fascinating that somebody wants to get to America so bad that they will hook up with like the biggest loser possible. I think it's the fair more. To say, yeah, right? the more fascinating thing is how delusional oh yeah but how hopefully delusional oh. delusionally hopeful these yes. americans are and this guy i mean dude you're watching like this is a brand of reality television that is <laughs> otherworldly you got this guy you got some like 60 year old guy 
in rural Ukraine, basically like stalking down this woman who he believes exists, even though he's been to the Ukraine four times and she stood him up because one time she got sick and one time her brother died and one time and he spends, you know, a hundred thousand dollars on this chat and you can't, you just, the hook is deep and it is so it's like superficial, but it's so fucking deep. It just same thing as catfish. The people still fall yeah. for catfishing. My camera's ah, broke. What, what's what are you doing with that microphone, phone, dude? <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? Just We're hearing all your. Turn it down uh, if you're gonna fiddle. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> my, my bad. Was that loud? <laughs> We're still hearing it. Yeah. <laughs> it was like. <laughs> well, one. What does this sound like? What does this sound? You like this? <laughs> Is it still sound fucked up? No, it's fine. No. Okay, okay, all right. Don't fiddle. Don't no fiddling, you're good. Do we... I, was, I was trying to eat my cake and uh, eat it too. We got to figure out, we have to figure out uh, how intelligent and pretentious we are. I'm not sure if we understand how stupid the average person is, or maybe we assume that everyone's stupid, or maybe we assume that everyone's smart. I, I don't I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't at all. I assume yeah. stupid. Yeah, I assume, <laughs> I, I assume willfully ignorant. That's what obviously uh, obviously willfully, to be willfully ignorant, you have to be somewhat smart. Don't you? Well, I think the only well, stupid people are liberals. It, it's <laughs> not even willful. It's just straight ignorance. Intelligence isn't some absolute thing. It's like you're smart or you're not. I mean, no, there's of course not. there's certain things like Britney Spears. That's like, uh, spoken like a true like, liberal. Spoken like a well, true asshole. Uh, I mean, this goes back to the Britney Spears thing. And the documentary that I haven't seen, but is she too dumb to raise children? Probably. I don't know. I can't believe She's you too dumb to realize they should. No, no. Why did Britney Spears come back? Come on, we need a better well, example. I guess my point She's is, attractive. probably. And she got us through a lot of awkward teenage years by ourselves. Uh, we, what about we have, uh, we have to though admit that there are varying intelligences out there. And that some people just are we have to not. admit there are stupid people. What about Charles Pugh? So Charles Pugh was he a, a smart guy? He probably Pugh? was a smart guy. guy. Invented, uh, did he invent the pew, the church pew? No, 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 uh, no, 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 I, no, no. All I can no, think no, of no, is no, that no. Drew and Mike drop. I must say, I pitched a tent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Charles Pugh uh, took advantage of younger men, and oh fuck, not, all right, it's bad. Jesus. Yeah, it's not good. But he was well, local. He was terrible. a big deal. He was a big deal in the city, in Detroit. Dude, there was president. another. There was he was a Fox 2 anchor. Guy. There yes. was another guy attached to uh, Larry Nassar. Oh, dude. He that killed, himself. killed himself. Yeah. He got like, charged and he killed himself a couple hours yes. later. Fuck him. Yeah. He Fuck went out him. like a man. Oh, he, he, well, no, he admitted the his guilt. Act, the he instantly act. admitted his guilt. Yep. He did. He didn't go out like a man. He went out like a piece of shit that he is. Good riddance. Mm, well, I feel bad for I'm usually like feel bad for people who, you know, suicide is an awful thing. It's really challenging. But in this case, no, it's very cut and dry. He clearly killed himself because he knew what a, he couldn't face the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm, okay, this is questionable. So being, being a real man. He's just charged. Hold on. Hold on. Being a man. Actually, I we should never. I shouldn't even be using this term. So stupid. But uh, would it have been better? Or would, would it have been what? Anyways, should he have not killed himself? Does sound like he should have. I'm just saying he. I'm just saying he looked. You're right. At the, he did save he, the taxpayers' money. You're right. He, that's a good nope. point. No, I don't care about tax. <laughs> well, okay, he did. That's, that's funny because that is uh, 
a lot of people are like very they're like oh shit oh we saving that tax dollars yeah. i'm gonna go i'm gonna go buy some laffy taffy for the family yeah that's it's right all no prosecution required family. dude yep. it saves money technically regardless yep. of how you it's look true. at it it's true. it does save it does save money so he's doing <laughs> the he's doing conservatives a favor uh, but he's also doing a favor to humanity by yep. understanding that he's a corrupt and, and horrendous piece of shit that deserves oh. to die. Maybe I'm looking at this with the wrong lens. You're right, man. Yeah, no, I, that's he an admirable, right it's an admirable right brand of self-awareness. It's the one thing he did that was it right. <laughs> he was See, probably a decent person up until he became like disgusting and corrupted. And then he became a fucking complete psycho. And then he, uh, then he preyed on weaker people, exploited their vulnerability, uh, mm. you know, for his own gratification. Then, whoa, 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 talking, wait, wait, now you're throwing him things that he was just okay, a coach. Wait, wait, wait. He didn't necessarily okay. do anything uh, that Nasser did. Which is, which is interesting because I thought for sure he had allegations against him personally. Now I will. Okay, so I'll pull that back. Obviously, like. I don't know for sure if he had those allegations against him personally, but the fact that he was like that mortified and realized what he was looking at and fucking took care of business. All right. That's his one good act. Good for him. I know very little about. He's still case. going to hell though. He's still going to hell. There's no, you believe I'm, I'm, in a hell? Huge, I'm a huge Christian. Yeah. His name was John Geddert. John Geddert, by the way, John Geddert in Grand Ledge, Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Scumbag. He just he just entered the void faster than the rest of us did. That's all. Mm-hmm. He he had agreed to surrender at the sheriff's office Thursday before two fifteen p.m. But he never yep. showed up. Yep, they gave him. They let him. Uh, they they let him under his attorney's care, and he took matters into his own hands. I think that is the guy that is uh, smart enough to understand what he did wrong. And oh, here we go, Luke. Luke, I want to correct this. You're right. In two criminal sexual conduct counts, Gettert, 63, was accused of sexual penetration of a girl under 16 in January 2012. Oh, there we go. So yeah. you're right. I was wrong. I apologize. I wanted to get that clear. And by no, the way, Dana Nessel, Dana Nessel says this is a tragic end to a tragic story. Who says this? Dana Nessel, attorney general. Dana. Jesus fucking Christ. The one oh, who made, that's right. You know, yeah, yeah. She got elected because she decided to say the word penis. It's pretty it's cool. Not, that's right. It's not an. It's not a tragic end to a tragic story. It's an end to a fucking tragic story. It's a celebration. Yes. Celebrate. Yeah, fuck this guy. Fuck this Fuck anybody who does that. Speaking of, yeah, it's that was these Mark people are, that These was, people are fucking garbage. And honestly, uh, it is the one like sticking point I've got when it comes to capital punishment. I was for years. I mean, I still am principally against it. But I fucking tell you what is I this is I'm sounding very right wing right now, but somebody did that to my daughter, I would absolutely murder them. And then would I want to go to jail? I don't know. Again, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck you. Just build wire on the fucking ones and twos. <laughs> That's a good. You should do that. You should make that remix. That would be great. DJ Dwyer, Bill Dwyer, Buddy D. Yeah. No, 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 Bud. No, 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 Bud. No, 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 no. <laughs> anyways, uh, this is a good way to wrap up the show. Anyways, I got I got shit to do. Unless you guys want to keep talking, of course, and that's fine. I'm yeah, you know how we're gonna do it. We're gonna keep talking. Yeah. 
I don't even know what you guys I talked feel about. Like, I feel For like another should hour. Be, we should do an artificial break uh, at the end of the show. And we just keep going and I don't know. I mean, like, the show doesn't have to... I'm just saying, man, we don't want to deprive the people of great content. Yeah, I mean, about that. Yancey that could, needs more. That could sprawl Yancey out. Yancey wants to... We need one Patreon supporter. Yeah, give us $10 I know. All we need... A we'll dollar to... a month. That'll change our lives. All right. So we'll get two fifty each. In the next in the next section, we're gonna be talking about what we really think about Woody Allen and the soul. Oh, That's thing. right. Beyond the paywall. <laughs> Beyond the paywall. Oh my god. That's, that should be your own segment, Luke. Beyond the paywall with Luke Corbin. <laughs> hey, I've already told Actually, everybody how to get beyond the paywall, so yeah. AC. Yeah, but that's just for you know newspapers and shit. What about Wait, what when it, you actually need that content? No, am I wrong? Yeah. Anyways, I, I listened to some of the up. shit you guys talked about at the end of the fucking show. You guys had this whole bit about we're supposed to talk about all the jobs I've had versus. Uh, oh yeah, you, you went on the record. Job off. The job off. Yeah, yeah you're uh, gonna leave me, but I yeah, I started writing down my jobs. We can do it next week. Oh my yeah. god, it's just it's a it's a saga. Like, I haven't uh, done a good update in a long time, so yeah, it'll be a good run. I'll check it out. I'll I'll actually try to make a list for next time. I want to just react to every job you've had. You know, I know what I mean? I, like, it, you just present a job and then we react. <laughs> Let's do that. Yeah, that could, that'd whole, be many, many episodes. Easy episode. That's an easy episode. We could go through the whole freaking thing. It would have to be segmented, like, uh. Oh, it'd be, it would be 10 episodes. Yeah. It would, yeah. <laughs> There's literally no way to get all of your jobs into. We could start like with the teenage episodes. years. Yeah, and then head to the 20s. And yeah. My Actually, most brother, of them are in the teens and twenties. So. What's your What's your ballpark number? How many jobs? I really don't know. Uh, yeah, it's 60. tough no, to say. It's got to be in the eighties at least. Eighties, <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, maybe seventies, no. maybe seventies. Nope. We talked. We that. talked about this. This was probably like fifteen years ago. We talked about this. We cataloged them all. We were over fifty, and that yeah. was fifteen years ago. That was two thousand three. Yeah, more than that. So. Shit! Oh my right. god! Almost twenty years ago. That is correct, sir. Oh, my God. Anyways, that's it. Hey, Is It Safe Podcast. This has been fun. We're done. We're out of here. Thanks for listening. Uh, Is It Safe Pod at gmail.com if you want to email the show. Side A is now over. Side B, just beginning. (laughs) I'm out of here. You guys staying on? Hey, Mike. Keep it going. Keep the recording going. Yeah. Great. Well, then I'll power down the music. I was going to go, you know, we'll fade out. We'll fade down. Oh, damn. I was feeling it. It felt good. I'm taking a break for an alcoholic beverage. Yeah, Yeah, get yourself a beverage. Um, Enjoy yourselves. I'm going to write this down. I always forget to write down. We're all going to take 20 minutes. What the fuck's going down there in COVID Central? I don't know. I guess we'll find out hopefully in September. Like Barb and Randy? Like, shit. I don't like their odds. Yeah. Yeah. I um, Mark and Randy, and what are you talking about? Remember, these are, we are these still are technically live. Some uh, some friends <laughs> of ours down at the uh, athletic club down in Delray. Oh, <laughs> hey, did you guys? I'm going to send this link here. Hi, Doctor B. Stephanie sent this to me. It's just another wait listy kind of thing. Just put in your preliminary information, um, and it's kind of a. They'll contact you if someone doesn't want a COVID shot or they have a COVID shot mm. lying around on the ground or something. And then, you know, 
hey, and they'll text you and you got to respond. So I don't okay. know. It's it's worth looking Actually, into if you're trying that, to get a that's pretty shot. cool. Let me throw an idea out at you guys. So I was, so I was th been thinking about like how do you how do you help uh, you know neighbors during the winter because so many people can't get out there and shovel their driveways and and even if they can, there's there's even when the the uh, actual plows come through, they load up all that snow right at the base of the driveway and the and the road and it's something that you know is not considered. I don't know. No one really talks about it, but it's impossible to fucking shovel that shit. Oh, so yeah, it's like rock, and it, it's heavy. It's so fucking heavy. So I was talking to Kristen about, okay, so what's a good way to do this? I mean, if you were to uh, walk up and down the streets, uh, talk to people who would be open to that type of assistance. You could put one of those like flags or something in their in their lawn. You know, like how you have the 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 gas line is like a little metal stick with a yellow flag on it. You could do something like that that has a different color. That is, you know, strictly speaking, like what is like blue or green or whatever it might be. Something that's not used currently by, uh, you know, <laughs> legitimate offices, and then. Uh, you could, in addition, even go further uh, and chip those things so that you would know or you at least be able to like easily reference it on on an app or something like who who around you is open to having somebody like help them out because a lot a lot of people can't afford it as well. That's the other part. They can't afford it and they can't do it. So how the fuck does it get done? And so I, I've been, you know, I go on walks every single day. I go on, I go on like five, five walks a day. And I just, I see people, I just see these, these driveways that are completely packed with snow, full of ice. Uh, you can just, the cars are buried in these uh, piles of snow at the end of the driveway or whatever. And I've, I've dug out like 10 people over the last week because of this i mean we we've now things are now like melting but i was trying to figure out like how to how is a how do you do that like how do we provide like real material assistance to our neighbors without literally wasting so much time going door to door to people that you know can probably do it on their own they're just lazy or whatever mm -hmm. maybe we just haven't got a chance to get to it I want to find the people like I've got, I've got four elderly neighbors, right? There is no freaking way they would be able, they, they don't communicate with people. Like they, they just, uh, you wouldn't know that they need help unless you know them personally. So I don't know. It's just, uh, it's because also I, elder I think it's a good, I think it would be a good thing to do. I just, I, I don't really know how to like make it real. And elderly people also aren't tech savvy, so that's a double-edged. That's that sport. was kind of yeah, that was. So you can't just start a Facebook group, you know. It's got to be you got to basically write a. But if you were to chip, if you were to chip the uh, the flags or like uh, political signs, so I looked up. I was doing all sorts of research. I found companies that do. They actually chip the uh, politics signs that that was something they were doing, I don't know, whatever, last year. Because so many people take 
political signs, they throw them away or they, you know, destroy them or whatever. But if the sign is chipped, you know, literally just a tiny little GPS chip in it, they can figure out where the sign went or maybe who did it or whatever. <laughs> it's really psychotic, but that is something used for maybe used for a, a really petty purpose that could actually be used for a really good purpose. You take something, you, you chip it, uh, you know, whether it's like a little sign or maybe a little flag, uh, but it's, you know, the elderly woman that lives down the street. And, and honestly, like if it, when I go, when I go for walks too, I, I go for walks a lot. And at the same time, I still like kind of forget like what road is here or there, like what neighbor asked me for help last time I was out, you know, kind of hard to keep track of all this stuff. But if you were to like flag this stuff or like, you, even if it was just like a little flag, like a little blue flag. And so that way you would know anybody with a blue flag, they need help. They need help shoveling. They need help during a flood. They need help during whatever. And that would just stay there forever. Here, here's the thing. The flag out there. Okay. I'll play devil's advocate to this. Yeah, please do. Cause I've, I'm, does that, I'm does that signal it. that they're weak and can be taken advantage of by non-good actors? That's the one. Fuck, God damn it. I thought about that today while I was walking around. I'm like, damn it. To me, the, the solution is flag, yeah. to me, the solution is not a technical one. It's just a community building one. It's knowing your neighbors. It's knowing who needs help on a personal level. Like I know, you know, the lady next to me, she's got kids and is busy. And if I can shovel her, her sidewalk in the pan of her driveway, that's a help to her. And my retiree neighbor on the other side, He's a curmudgeon and doesn't want help, but he'll, but if I do it, that'll probably be good for him, even though he doesn't want it, you know? So <laughs> you gotta like, you gotta kind of like know the personalities around you. And then I got the yeah. guy across the street, Mr. Mike, who's got a snowblower, but he himself is kind of frail, but he loves helping out his neighbor. So I got to watch him while he helps out the old lady uh, <laughs> yeah. because I'm worried he's going to yeah. have a heart attack pushing yeah. a snowblower around, you know? Yeah. Cause he's a badass. I, yeah. No, you're you're right. That was that was that's where I hit a wall. I was like, shit. Okay, so you can't really do this. You can't indicate who is like feeble. <laughs> you know, I mean, that would be. But... Next door is kind of interesting. Do you ever are you on next door? Next, well, I used to uh, used to do some advertising on old next door, and and also I am still part of next door, Matt. Your neighborhood. Oh yeah, yeah. That is uh, that is my next door account. I okay. don't know how I don't know how to change it. It's like impossible. <laughs> it's it's very well, I secure. Find it, I will say that it's, it's very it interesting hard to change that because you like have to request a code for your neighborhood that mm -hmm. gets mailed to your address. That's how you get, and then or you get verified oh, yeah. by a neighbor. So it's pretty legitimate in that sense. So you must have verified uh, me when I lived in the in the neighborhood because that had to be the case. I did not wait around for something to be mailed to me. <laughs> it's it's kind of cool. They'll send, you like, they'll send you like a postcard with like a five-digit code, and that verifies yeah. your account. Uh, so the there's some I, weird shit on there. It's funny. but The reason I even pretty good. Was, was trying to even think about this stuff is like, all right, so if you're, if you are on, uh, if you're on Nextdoor, which is, which is great, you know, it has a lot of whatever, uh, but I mean, like you said, a lot of a lot of elderly are not uh, tech savvy at all. They're not going to be on next door. I know it's a nice 
fun joke for everyone to treat people in their 40s and 50s <laughs> like they're like they're elderly but uh we are not the same as people, people like you are Lynn. yeah people like actually no i shouldn't include you two yeah you guys are not you're not there yet <laughs> not, yet. not but, quite uh, yeah close. you're not there very yet. very close but yeah the i mean my my neighbors obviously they're they're not people that are going to even be able to, i mean explaining it would be a whole day thing which i do but i don't think they would repeat the action so i was like all right so how do you find how do you find people that need help uh in a in a world where things are like consistently being uh you know digitized and yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're the only ten people in our neighborhood that have a freaking landline at this point. Well, this is—I mean, this who is, the hell knows? Communities are so fucking broken down now. You know, like nobody's connected. Yeah, it's a mess. You used, you used to go to church. I mean, fuck. I mean, that's the one value of church to me is like people yeah. got together. You kind of know what's going on with people around you, and if Absolutely. they don't show up, you know something's wrong or whatever. And yeah. you can makes, you can get makes you happy, makes you feel connected. Why the fuck do I care? But the, there just isn't that anymore, man. You know, there's just, and this is kind of what I think uh, to tie it back to our conversation about politics, local politics, community connection. And it's not just, so there's identity, like a lot of it's been shorthanded for like racial or ethnic identity. But what about community identity? Like the idea that we like belong to the same community, mm-hmm. you know, the same interests, we want the same things, we want safety, we want garbage collection we want whatever it is you know um i think people are willing to connect on that level but unfortunately we we've, we've kind of atomized you know i don't know like the pandemic's been interesting because i'm home more and i see what's going on with my neighbors more and i kind of know what the regular routines are i know if something's wrong basically hmm. I don't know. yeah there's a i think that's a good point, man. Like I think community identity in a way can transcend a lot of issues that seem larger, like race, gender, you know, like in my building, my building in Palmer park is very diverse, but there is this common sense of, well, we're all here. And so that is more important than, I'm a 38 year old white guy and you're a 66 year old black woman and you're a 22 year old transgender, you know, guy. It's, it's just, we're here. We it's, it's to reference that article, you know, like, I don't know what white privilege is, but I know what money privilege is. We're here because seven fifty a month works. Yeah. For us. Right. You know, like renting a decent apartment in, you know, a kind of, you know, decrepit-ish part of Highland Park is what binds us. And there's a real strong sense of community, actually, in our building, regardless of age, gender, race, whatever. It's just like... Yeah, we're yeah, here. A shared reality, which so many people in America yeah. don't, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that's true of basically every, even the people that live in the urbane apartments down the street, I think they're only paying 850 It's not like they're a part of some <laughs> wildly different 
you know, right. class. It's not. It doesn't. It does not make them urbane. I will tell you that. No, yeah, it's all. <laughs> no. Those people are savages. No, they the, just the, have they just have a microwave, like a microwave from 2012. Yeah, yeah, they, have yeah they, they have slightly more modern appliances, <laughs> and uh, you know. Yeah, what they have, what they have is a convertible sofa that also opens up into an oven. They they still have the same fucking bullshit car insurance bill and the same, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> the same. No, but I like it. There's a lot yeah. of, at least I sense, and and maybe this is just me projecting onto my, you know, microcosm here. But I just I feel a lot of unspoken, you know, similarity with people. We. It's just uh, it's a lot of it's a lot of like in a in a non-COVID world, it would be a lot of hand slapping and you know ass slapping and high fiving and stuff because we're just this is this is what it is. We appreciate the same things. I see all the same people in the park and paying their reasonable rent controlled tab on the first of the month. If only it was controlled. See the scary part about Palmer Park, <laughs> right? I think it, uh, yeah. it could it could go in to. either way, right? Well, yeah. So our building was one of seven that was purchased by ur- urban communities. Nothing to do with urban apartments. It's just a bunch of white, rich white guys in Arizona, and it's been terrible since they took it over it's you know there's no attention people in arizona on your detroit apartments fuck that yep and they're not here and Mm. you know that kind of that kind of speaks to me uh to what matt was talking about too also about like you know cops fire firefighters being in your neighborhood everybody that fucking actually has something at stake with the property you live in and your safety and everything that like contributes to you living a decent life with dignity. They should all be in the neighborhood. Which but I think people shouldn't be able to own properties on other states. Really? I, I actually do believe that. I think that's stupid. I think there's a strong enough... Well, unless you've got a fucking local representation where people are taking care of business. But this sounds terrible. Sorry, sorry, Scott. No, no. Yeah, no, you're... You're right. You're right. And but but I believe that a lot of people in this building would just myself included on principle would pack up if there were a 15 percent rent hike. I believe a lot of people here would just say, yeah, you know, fuck you. I'm going to move to the I'm going to move to whatever. This community does not warrant it's it's not actually ripe for gentrification. It seems like it is, but I think these dingleberries overplayed their hand. And if they start to charge, you know, 30% more for an apartment, you know, my apartment, I don't think is going to sell. There's still vacant units here for $750. And I don't think if they jack the price up to $1,100 there's just going to all of a sudden going to be an influx. You know, this isn't, this isn't brush park. This isn't cork town. This isn't, you know, yeah, but but, okay. Here's, here's a scenario. Someone puts in a little like hip bar restaurant or a little, you know, non COVID times or a little like uh, a store, a little store. That's kind of hip changes a little bit of perception. Then, like the urbane apartments, they increase their rent 
a hundred bucks a month. And then somebody buys your apartment and decides, okay, we're going to serve you 30 day notice and we're going to renovate this thing. And we're going to, um, we're going to do a 30% rent increase. That's totally within the realm of possibility. Yeah, definitely. I just, man, it's also also a necessity because as soon as the one thing does go up, those prices do go up. I mean, it is going to be a natural reaction. It's still really physics, man. It's economic physics. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's still very feral around here. And I don't mean that in a a a coded, I don't mean that in a coded way. It's, it's just, you know, like you come to Palmer (laughs) park. No, it it isn't. It's, I would do myself, I include myself in that. It's like, you are the most feral and attractive (laughs) feral man I have ever met in my life. A smooth, uh, you're a smooth, feral man. A smooth operator, but like you could have a beard, but you don't. You choose not to. Well, you know, I don't know. The problem is, and I, I can say, I hesitate to say this in the company of parents, but it's just man, I, I, I joke, I joke about this, but dude, people We're just cannot stop fucking and having kids. <laughs> like, huh? what? I, I wish abortion were like hip. You know, to like just just have an abortion, man. Like it's all it's it's okay. Like, yeah, I, I know a bunch of people that have had kids in the last couple of years, and they're just like, I don't know that they're excited about it. They just, I don't know, something happens when your partner becomes pregnant, and maybe something changes. You know, maybe if Stephanie was pregnant, I'd be like, okay, we just gotta have a kid. I would like to think that I would just say, okay, so I got yeah, but. I've got three hundred and eighty dollars. Let's let's rock and roll. <laughs> but but uh, it's not because uh, the only re- the only reason rent would go up is because there are more human beings that want to move here, isn't that? Mm, yeah, or you know, economic inequality that does that too. Uh, more less people that have more money that can uh, leverage the. You know, they just leverage the speculation in the market. What were you going to say, Matt? I was interested in uh, that. <laughs> you know, it's not just Palmer Park. You got Ferndale. Ferndale sure. gets, if Ferndale keeps getting more expensive, mm-hmm. it, it sort of congeals together. It goes to the next area over. I mean, Luke, you're in Oak Park. You're, you're just west of there. I mean, it's the same thing. It could happen. It could move that way, too. And it has, right? You know? Yeah. So you're you're not just affected by your immediate district. Uh, it's all about surroundings. I mean, like people are paying 120 grand to buy a house in Morningside right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, you, Matt. What you brought up was what I was very clumsily fucking rambling around last week, which was uh, I'll just stick to Chappelle. The reason I wanted to talk about him to begin with is that he was talking about he was talking about community he was talking about what uh, upon what basis is your solidarity based and that solidarity is based on a shared sense uh, whatever it is, is a shared sense of norms is a shared sense of ideology it's not Simply speaking, though, a 
just a shared sense of grievance or whatever, but it is a combination of a bunch of things. And what he basically said is that you guys saved my career from oblivion. Like I was on the, I was on the outskirts of oblivion. I was ready to, to just discreetly sink into the void and never be heard from again. Yet he was, people clamored and they they brought him back and you brought up you brought up community it just reminded me of that point i was trying to make which i didn't make last time <laughs> whatever moving on but uh yeah the the community now thinking about it in terms of okay so we're looking at a 10 block radius we're looking at 10 block radius, two block radius, three, what, whatever it is that you define as your community is, is first of all, it's totally indeterminate right off the bat. So it's fine. Whatever it is, makes sense to you. But that is where solidarity is established. It is, it's not just because, okay. So the, it's, it's at several, several different scales too, right? Like you've yeah, got, there's so, yeah, you've got your immediate, you got your yeah. extended, it's like, what is your neighborhood? It's the same question. It's like, it'd be bigger than the people who live right around you. It could be, I don't know. So yeah, sorry, I interrupted. Well, no, you, I'm, I'm like two. Uh, you know, it's it's me and uh, two or three other white people on our on our block. Uh, so when we talk about community, I'm not talking about fucking race because it has nothing to do with my fucking community. <laughs> My community here are people that need help. And so the the need, like needing help is what establishes community to me. It is, again, this comes back to me being like the like a materialist. That's what I'm talking about. I connect with people uh, ontologically when it comes to the fact that we all need help sometime and we all like have struggles and that is that's that's what is universal you know i i see somebody trying to fucking shovel their car i i literally like i had to dig like 10 people out of the out of these uh you know giant troughs of heavy ass snow these last two weeks like it's it's fine it was like literally though i would go on a walk and somebody would, I would just hear that sound like, and somebody, it's somebody sitting there pounding the gas, wheel spinning, turning everything into ice. That is the basis upon our community. Mm -hmm. They, like, I have actually been treated with, uh, like, disrespect, which is fine. I don't, I don't care. I have no idea where that person's coming from. Like, uh, I've been, like I literally dug somebody out, uh, took me about 40 minutes to do it, was moving her car physically, you know, rocking it out of the space, et cetera, et cetera. No thank you or anything, but I don't care. Like I, I don't care. I, I noticed it because it's just like, you know, it's normal to assume somebody would say, oh, hey, thank you. Didn't say anything, but doesn't matter. It's not why you do it. Yeah. The community part of it is that, oh, I, somebody's stuck in the fucking snow. I'm going to help them. I assume they'll probably do that, you know, to somebody else. Maybe not to me. Maybe they, I don't know. I have no idea what the, uh, if there was a beef or if there was nothing, you know, 
does not matter whatsoever. That's not the fucking issue. Someone's in trouble. You fucking help. You do what you can. That's it. That is community. That is always how I've seen community. It has nothing to do with fucking race. It has nothing to do with gender. It's nothing but to do with I, where you went to fucking high school or what sweatshirt you're wearing. Like, Jesus Christ. I, what on. I worry about is we're shorthanding all of our relationships based on those superficial things you just mentioned. And that was in the article about Smith College. It's like we're just mm-hmm. taking a fucking shortcut on everything. We are, we're saying that people's motives are this because they are that. And we don't really know. And I find the racial, the racial um, particular, well, the idea that like, I mean, this is like the Ibram Kendi book stamped from the beginning. That's the title of the book. It's saying that your race is inherently. That motherfucker. Oh my God. Your, your, who you are is inherently related to what your, what you look like or, Mm -hmm. you know, what, your group identity is. And I just don't think it's that simple. I think, you know, I, I, um, it's funny. I, I have two people that I knew in college who are now on the New York times. This tells you a lot about me, I guess <laughs> two people I knew in college who are now on the New York times editorial. Tells you a huge failure. Uh, oh, definitely. But like these people, me too. Who, you have any idea have, how many people I know? You see people who happen, to, off. who happen to be black are on the New York times editorial board writing about issues of race and about the things that are inherent to race that in reality, their experience is one of coming from an educated background of a class background that is way different than mine. But the, the, if you were to shorthand us for race, they're black women, I'm white male. And you would say that I have certain experience because of that. And they have certain experience because of that, that doesn't take into account all these other things about. Well, even, even find like on a finer tune, like your class experience is different, obviously. So totally. Are they, I'm guessing. I'm not saying that they're saying Detroit mercy people that uh, never, I don't know. Do they have a working class upbringing or not? Um, Probably as far not, as I know, right? no, uh, they absolutely they, not. Um, just because this is, this is the problem with identity politics though. Being black does not mean that you are, that you're working class and being white does not mean that you're automatically privileged. And it also does not mean that there is a distinctive difference between the two fucking people. If we all experience the fucking pain and suffering of what it's like to live under this goddamn, uh, economic system, we need to be fighting for each other upwards against the fucks that are like taking advantage of us every single turn. So a winning pol- but political But these people strategy. sound like they're super privileged. They're just happy well, to be black. I, which, I, I you don't, know, I, I don't mean to, I'm don't, not privileged. I don't, well, I don't mean to uh, dismiss them at all. Cause like, you know, they're, they're certainly, I don't know. They have interesting things to say and that's, uh, I'm glad they have the positions they have, but, the the idea that because they're black they're this and I'm white I'm this it just doesn't apply to me. The other thing uh, in that Smith College it shouldn't article really apply to anyone. That, but go uh, ahead, sorry, but well, that is the, kind of the the logic is that 
if it doesn't apply to you, then it shouldn't really apply to anyone. So Scott, I know you read the Smith Car- College thing, and and Luke, I don't know if you saw it, but you probably I watched, got the. Uh, or I read, I read like seventy five percent of it. You you got the gist of it, which is okay, sure did. So there was an incident, and this was back in twenty sixteen, I think. So, mm-hmm. but this this student who went, who was working at Smith over the summer, I think, and ate first of all ate in a cafeteria that was not available to her as a as an employee it was for people participating in some camp or something over the summer it and just wasn't was, available no one was supposed to be wait in. a minute so no one she, no she one was supposed to student. go there. she was a she wasn't a student she was actually a worker no she was no, a she student. was a student with a summer job at smith college but and she ate in a abandoned building no 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 not supposed to have any not abandoned she, she ate in a cafeteria that was serving food but it was serving food to people who I think were participating in a camp or something. It was not intended for the staff, uh, but she went and ate there. And, and that, that was quite confusing. It, it's <laughs> no totally question. confusing. That was super confusing. So she went, she went and did that and the people served her, but they questioned her. So instantly the, I think she raised the question about, are you questioning me because of my race? Well, so I think the person who was serving her said, no, Mm-hmm. Then she took her food and ate it in an area that was off limits and that staff were told, do not let people hang out in this space. And then a, an old man goes and asks her, why are you here? And then her assumption is, this guy is attacking me because of my race. And yeah. he also misgendered her, quote unquote, because I don't know. Oh, she was a guy, yeah. Which, whatever, like... From uh, yeah, a hundred yards away, uh, there's a beam of there's a beam of light hitting her black skin, and uh, she's a guy. Well, uh, what I, I, I think it, it's the same way that we just assume that everyone is a guy. You just kind of say you do actually kind of say he when you don't know a gender. You're just oh, like, if if someone's doing something that's against the rules, I assume it's a man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, just just like, just like when someone sees a dog, like a domesticated animal, they just say, "What's his his name?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's a compare. That's a bad. I don't want that. I don't want those two things being compared. That's fine. Don't worry. But it's it's the point. You know, you get the fucking point. I'll pull the third rail. I don't care. But (laughs) it's just absolutely infuriating because. Two working class people, actually three in this article, people who work serving very privileged students. And I don't who, care who also you are. were mandated to take like what sensitivity training and um all kind like intersection. I mean, these these janitors are more versed on intersectionality than your average college graduate. <laughs> <laughs> They've been. It's been Hell shoved yeah. in their face more. These guys. Sure. These these guys are fucking. These guys have doctorates. They got doctorates. In these janitors have doctorates in. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Like gender they know, they know and race relations, basically. And, and, Anyways, and these poor, these poor people's lives were fucking ruined. I mean, like they're <laughs> shitty. Uh, and I shouldn't say shitty job. They're they're stable job, working at the institution in their community. Mm-hmm. now they're now they're made to feel guilty for i don't know fucking doing their job and not not it's it's just really sad and and 
this is what we're like. This is like I'm not verging into total like dangerous territory here, but I worry that we're with all of our racial essentialism, the things we're teaching people about race, like we're we're teaching people to expect the worst of everybody. Mm-hmm. We're teaching people to expect, like if you're a young African-American person at an elite college, you're basically taught to expect that everybody who is not, does not look like you expects that you, or thinks that you don't deserve to be there. So you need to assume the, that they have the worst intentions about everything they say to you and assume mm-hmm. that import racism to everything that, <clears throat> and, and I think How- the student at Smith that's what she had, you know, her assumption is I'm told all the time, probably that I don't belong here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, and, and that I have to expect that every interaction I have with any authority figure, <laughs> authority figure, the fucking cafeteria worker as an authority figure, the janitor, yeah. the campus police officer. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. The person uh, that has less, less money status, uh, social position, you know, and they're just punching a clock, man, you know? And so, okay, so that they, they the person who is a, a, the the minority the minority person assumes the worst of these people, and now these people in turn are told that they're terrible. And now, what is that? The spiral of this is that they think that everybody else is out to get them. So we're actually creating the animosity between class and race. Precisely, it's but just this, terrible. This is this is exactly how it has function for so long it is it is beneficial to create these divisions between uh working class this this is like this is like marxism proletariat but, killing itself 101 it's just but it's this woman found a different framework and a different grammar a different set of terms this woman and so you're who, doing it online now and okay sorry I don't, I don't know. The student, I don't know that she is the same class as these people. She's just a racial minority. I guess my point is, is a, no, she's a black, but she's not, she, I don't, I don't know what her, said, I don't know what her class background is. I don't know who her parents are or whatever. I don't know her class background either, but from the story, she said eating while black. I'm like, okay, well, that's what I think. That's like what the president. Okay, I, get, of the I mean, I understand. I understand that that has a fucking charge to it. That's different than eating while white. That's not a thing. Eating while white doesn't exist. I do get that. I just didn't get a lot of context from that article. Sorry, Scott. Go ahead. No, no, no. The president. I, I'm just trying to see why. The president of Smith was the one mostly in charge of like throttling that woke narrative because she as the head and face of smith college you know smith college stands for that brand of wokeness and so she is just playing as a white woman of presumably like substantial means it's easy for her to sit there and say you know what's wrong with her eating while black and shitting on the that's where the class thing comes in. It's like, you know, these janitors are making, I think they're making 40 G or something, you know, but they're the ones that end up getting shit on. And it became an issue of, yeah, like 
them getting shit on basically because of class over the fact that, you know, can, is it possible to have a spoiled, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to go into that territory. You verge into into dangerous territory here. And that's verging into, yeah, some weird territory. Definitely. No, no territory is dangerous though. If you're telling the truth and you are like getting to the truth and getting to what is what needs to fucking happen. It's not dangerous to say that, that a black literally say anything you fucking want if the but, fucking benefit is better than But you, you know. can't, man. You really can't this day and age because I, I texted you guys one of my favorite podcasters, Mike Pesca, host of the Jess mm-hmm. Daily Podcast on Slate. Yeah, so that he's he's done, man. He made an argument on a Slack channel in an editorial newsroom that there might be some instances in which using the N-word is justifiable. And I guess the point being like... He lost his career because of this? I think... Well, he'll probably land somewhere else. But Substack, man. He'll make more money that way anyways. He might, but he worked for seven years. As usual. This is how the market works. I mean, it. yeah. (laughs) He worked for seven years for Slate, and he's probably done, you know? And I... And then... You can't even have a fucking debate about something. It's not like we're talking about, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a really weird time. I think it's an overcorrection right now. Like there's a, I I just don't know. I I wonder what's going to happen in five years. What's going to, what's going to be the tone of things in five years? What was the debate that we started talking about? Uh, what, what kicked this one off? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Scott. I, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you. I, I was just, I was just no, wondering. I, if I don't know. If, I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's just circumstantial or coincidental or whatever. But yeah, like Huckleberry Finn has. I've just been reading about like Huckleberry Finn has been dropped in like so many articles that I've been reading lately. It's funny. I read that and for I, the first time ever this summer. I read Huck Finn and I fucking loved it. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> and I'm canceling it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess we, you know, there, there's certainly. A, so we know where you stand on using the N word. All right. Yeah. Uh, yep. How about you? Yeah. Uh, I really loved it, but I feel like to preserve my political future, I'm going to say that it's reprehensible and we should just. But is it? We should burn this is every copy. Copy. It's, not, it's no, obviously no, not reprehensible. No, no, no. no. It's obviously not. It's, no, it's clearly a question. Reasonable people don't get to run the media, which is. But this is where we're at. Like, can, can an actor portray somebody from a background that they don't themselves come from? Absolutely. Yeah. I would say yes. Yeah, I'm you not. Say, a, I'm you not would a say huge yes. fan of the fact that uh, that like, uh, what's her name? Uh, Emma Watts, the the girl from the girl from the fucking super bad or whatever. Uh, uh, what is her name? Emma Stone. I mean, Emma Stone. Thank you. All right, I'm not a huge fan that she's like playing an Asian woman in uh, Alexander Payne film. Uh, do I care? No. Do. You, People in the, uh, you know, Asia Pacific region care. Yeah, of course they care. But are they talking about politics? No, they're not. They're actually missing the fucking point. Representation in that particular way is the means of tokenism that is going to like be used to ignore you for fucking ever. 
The fact that they want representation does not make it good. It does not make it better, and it does not make it real. You want representation in film, great. You want representation in politics, great. The second you get it, as a matter of fact, that is the thing you would use to keep you from fucking asking for anything else ever again. I'll give you one. I'm going to give you one. There's your token. Shut the fuck up. Move on. Get back in lockstep. Nobody fucking talk. Doesn't I, seem like the internet really so talking about true, though. That is how it works. The internet, though. God, the fucking internet. That, see, this is... God, uh, I don't want to go off on an internet rant, but you type in Emma Stone, and here, here are the burning issues on the internet. What was Emma Stone's big break? Does Emma Stone like Ryan Gosling? How much does Emma Stone make a year? How much does Emma Stone weigh? Those are the four biggest issues when you look at Emma Stone. But the whole thing is like, uh, okay, so she she's just one example, right? What's her face? Yeah, Daniel Day Lewis is a what? Well, wait a minute. In my left he foot. Mohican. Oh, mm-hmm. or last time Mohican. Oh, all right, you went my left foot. Sorry. Great move. That was a much a that was a much smarter move on your part. Well, Lasso Mohicans though, I totally I uh, another example. But to me, a great, one of my favorite movies since I was a child. An, an actor portrayal of someone who you are not, or a writer capturing a, uh, exp- expressing I don't know. Writing well, about an experience. Someone who's disabled, somebody who Isn't, has like a, a distinctive uh, kind of status category that makes them unique. And and if they're not caricaturing that person, isn't that the greatest act of empathy you could ever have? And it's but the whole thing is that it has nothing to do with empathy. If you're an actor, your job is to replicate, not empathize. Empathy is something that maybe you do to help you get to the replication, but the replication is exactly what you're looking for. If you're an actor, literally doing like the job of somebody who, like the job of being somebody else, I find you have to replicate. Bridgerton is an interesting thing. Have you guys seen Bridgerton? No, I have Netflix? not watched it. I saw the fucking SNL thing. And it's just, it's a total guy uh, and he grossed me out. I'm it's so it's a it. it's a bodice ripper, you know. But it, uh, I think what's brilliant the question about is, it, do they rip bodices? But by do they rip bodice side? I don't know. But the thing that's brilliant about it is there are people playing roles that you stere- stereotypically wouldn't think of based on the complexion of their skin as members of the British aristocracy. However, it doesn't matter because they're playing roles. And and what's right. brilliant about Bridgerton is it doesn't fucking matter. It's just a great, you know, it's it. You can suspend that disbelief. Holy shit. So was Bridgerton kind of like Hamilton? Did they do is that like an intentional thing that they did? They cast everybody that was like normally cast as white. They they use black actors and Hispanic. Uh, it's actors not everybody, too. but it's like it's almost like it's a non I mean, it's very much a class society because that's yeah, that's that's the English actually thing. it is more it is so funny because it is more realistic to look at to look at a cast of people at a particular uh, particular you know economic level as having a kind of mixed uh, number of uh, people from cultural backgrounds races whatever 
Yet that is the thing that uh, people who want representation actually are seeking. They they just want to be represented in this in this class. Yet it doesn't fucking suit their their needs at all in any way whatsoever. But it is honest to show. But it in order for it to be actually honest, it would have to be what like 70 percent white. Then it would have to be like thirty percent black. But either way. Either way, there is still a class distinction that is real. It's accurate. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I found I, I, I saw Bridgerton. Uh, well, I saw some of it. And to me, I, I have no problem with who is playing what based on the color of their skin. I think it's an interesting show, you know, like because it it accomplishes something and it and it tells the story of is it good though? Is it fun? Is uh, it fun to watch? Is it suck? Uh, I don't know. It's it looks like it sucks. Uh, look, for a certain type of person looking for a certain type of thing on TV, it's definitely fun to watch. You know, like if you're into like big costume dramas, it's for, a good uh, show. It's, it's a good it's, show. It's basically for, uh, for it's not very Linden. For pretty you know straight, I mean? straight <laughs> couples that uh, oh, don't Barry. have a lot of sex anymore, they're looking for a nice spark plug, and that's it, one it, of them. It, it's that, no Barry that Lyndon. Smooth, that smooth Reggie guy, whatever his last name is. Well, yeah, when's the last time you guys saw that, man? Oh, that movie. Barry Lyndon? Best. The best. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that in about a couple of years. Damn. Yeah, it's been been a minute. Uh, masterpiece. Uh, Barry Lyndon, one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Sir, there's Perfect tar movie. in my beaker. Oh, that fight, dude! You're just rooting for him so much. Like (laughs) that's where just the the viscera just starts spilling out of every orifice, and you just want him to murder that dude. (laughs) (laughs) The viscera starts. Can't I give a bit of ribbon to my cousin? (laughs) Jesus Christ! I like I like the uh, there's that one scene where like they're doing the (laughs) duel. And like I'm reading, I'm reading Blood Meridian. I'm sorry. It's oh, like, Blood Meridian. Man. Oh, there you go. Maybe that's there like where go. my brain is. Yeah, yeah talk about yeah. blood, guts, and scalps I, right now. I, I can't even believe you managed to put together the mangled corpuscles of your fucking brain <laughs> for this podcast. Oh god! After reading that shit, oh my god! Oh, Blood a, Meridian, man. It's a horse cock of a novel, dude. Nice. Uh, uh, McCarthy has he his vocabulary is insane. He like makes you read word, a, Oh, I love that he makes up compound words. It'll be like he'll just be like iron hearted. Yeah. And it's yeah, like exactly. oh, oh he just it's iron hearted is like a 12 letter word in his it's very German. It's very uh yeah, that's, <laughs> he, used, uh, he, he used sock feet in <laughs> No Country for Old Men. And I, I remember that like I actually haven't read that. that so often. Oh, okay. You should, it's great. Yeah, I'm gonna get that. It was just, written. It was written to become a movie. Which a lot of those, a lot of that dialogue, a lot of dialogue is straight up from the, from the book. I mean, Silence oh, and wonders. Like, it is like taken. It yeah. is. The book was written to be a movie. So the step between book and movie, the, the screenplay, like they basically just took the whole fucking thing. Bales, but he, he used, yeah. <laughs> and he used, he used terms like sock feet. And I was like, Oh yeah, it's perfect. This guy was wearing socks. I was walking down the hall. 
with bare feet, but he had socks on. I, I don't know. Like, well, yeah, it's somebody, it's interesting. You can't describe it uh, in any, you know, more you guys, uh, way than you guys gotten through a, one, of my, one of my favorite novels. Sorry to interrupt you. One of my favorite novels ever is Sutri. Never read yeah. it. No, it's one I haven't read either. Fuck. God damn, it's so good. It's it's probably I, it's probably his funniest. It's like his most him being funny, play, but it's, no but it's way. kind of funny. No way he's funny. It's so it's he's funny. Sort of he's funny in the way that you laugh when your uncle holds a knife to your throat and threatens to kill you, but he doesn't, yeah. and you start laughing. That's funny. That's Cormac McCarthy funny. I feel <laughs> like that's how he. That's how the he's only, a comedian. The only book of his I've read that it hasn't been turned into a movie is uh, Child of God. Oh, is that the incest one? Mm. Yeah. Oh, dear Lord. I but read uh, I read all the pretty horses, but I haven't seen the movie, but it's a good book. Yeah, I haven't seen the movie either. Who who star, Who was the female lead in that? Uh, female lead. You, uh, you Matt Damon is the... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were both like, Matt Damon. No, but yeah. who's the who's the? We're both very excited to know who was in it. Yeah, no, Matt. Matt. Matt Damon distracts me though. Yeah, he's yeah because he's because he's attractive and uh, no, when, when Matt because Damon, he looks like Hillary Swank. When Matt Damon, <laughs> Matt Damon <laughs> yeah, man, I kind of folded my deck on Matt Damon when he was in um, uh, fucking True Grit. Man, he was so distracting in True Grit. I couldn't even fucking do uh. it. I hate it. I literally hated that movie. That's my least favorite Coen Brothers movie. Really? I like, well, I I just remember the one where he's like, he's the one with the mustaches. <laughs> Ooh, Penelope, Penelope Cruz is in that. All the pretty horses? Yeah. Yeah. That was Billy Bob Thornton that directed that shit. I had no really? idea that was Billy Bob Thornton. He used to like baseball. <laughs> Sling Blade. When's the last time you saw that? Well, he directed oh. that too. And like, okay. honestly, I've never seen Sling Blade, but no. The best part about good. Sling Blade is the band that <laughs> the stepfather is in. That's the best part about Sling Blade. It's been a, it's been a handful of years since I saw, but yeah, that is pretty outrageous. Does it remind <laughs> you of uh, of like Lessons of Darkness uh, or you know Fata Morgana when? Herzog is just basically like uh, shooting those that fucking pimp and his in in his woman. I don't know what you call him. Uh, and he's and he's playing the like she's playing the fucking guitar or something and uh, or the piano and he's playing some kind of weird tick 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 type you know drum thing. E- either way, <clears throat> it was an actual pimp uh, in the fucking middle of the desert. It was crazy. I gotta see Fata Morgana. I haven't seen it. <clears throat> I may have. I may have a copy. It's possible. We I, just, get I just like tracked down like six fucking giant ass boxes of books from my parents' house. Had no fucking idea they've been there for seven years. Seven we fucking gotta, years. We got to get on a low impact uh, movie. Hell yeah, movie yeah. club. It doesn't have to be every week. It doesn't have to be. Every other, it's just. Ooh, how about sure. once, once a month? Let's do a movie episode. We t- we watch movie and we talk about it. I would love it, man, because movies are good. They're just awesome 
jumping off points into a lot of the stuff that we want to talk about, which is like politics, yeah. culture, Everything. you know, Everything. We, and we can, we can, ha you know, we can, we have the ability to hand select these movies based on what we know the themes are and what the themes that interest us. Um, yeah. And quite, quite frankly, I mean, I, I never really fancy myself as a, I'm not a policy guy. I've never really been a policy guy. I don't care to dig into like the tiny, like tiny nuances in policy uh, at all times. And we need to do a movie episode because, you know, that does give you the fucking uh, parallax view for everything you need. So someone, uh, I was just listening to a podcast where somebody asked, what's the best conservative movie about conservatism ever? And they said Groundhog Day. And that no, blew my mind. That's so actually good. Make them watch Groundhog Day. Maybe they'll learn something about existentialism and they'll, uh, you know, not be so gripped. It was about the dismissal of nihilism in favor for the the improvement of the self. That was the argument. Yeah, okay. Let's all read Fountainhead and talk about it next week. Yeah. All right. Well, I look, we guys. To I gotta go, go on that. Yeah. I, me I too. Me too. All yeah, right. Love you guys. Peace. Yeah, love you too, man. Have a great weekend. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. See you.